saw special guest Jack Bonin, and you're tuned in to yet another edition of the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things about the Rising Fighting Federation or Japanese mixed martial arts, well, and Japanese mixed martial arts, or if we tend to find something interesting to talk about, we just, you know, tend to shoot shit. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92. Andrew is at Ninja one Jack, who was on here for the second time on our little podcast, is at JackWanan. And you can follow this program on Twitter at WeAreRisingPod, W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. And also you can check out the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or whatever podcast provider you may have in your possession. But other than that, enough of the bullshit. We're here to talk about Rising 25, and we're here to talk about the, I guess, crazy night that happened in Osaka this past Saturday. And to be honest, I have to ask, even though I asked this before we started off air, but what were y'all's overall thoughts about the show as it transpired? Jack, after you? Yeah, well, first of all, I want to thank you guys for having me on again. Um, I I thought this, you know, wasn't a bad show. It wasn't um, an amazing show. Uh, I was sort of surprised by which matches delivered compared to the ones that didn't. I pointed out on the preview episode for this show that, you know, a lot of these matches didn't look that good on paper, but, you know, that doesn't really mean that they can't deliver or whatever. Um, We saw a lot of the fights which, you know, on paper didn't really look that entertaining to me, they delivered, and the, some of the ones that um, maybe looked the best on paper um, were some of the ones which weren't the most um, highlight reel type stuff. Overall, uh, it was a good show, um, faster than the usual Ryzen show, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, so not too bad. Well, I mean, good to, I'll also ask Jack, because I think uh, you probably watched it, there was a UFC show earlier uh, in the night, uh, early in the day, I should say, that was uh, uh, the uh, flyweight, double flyweight, um, back-to-back uh, championship matches for, for the men's and women's divisions. What did you think of the two shows in comparison? Did you happen to, did you think that the uh, UFC show was better than the uh, Rising show, or vice versa, or equal? Uh, I, I think the, the UFC show went after Ryzen. Oh, okay. Okay, my bad. Uh, it, it, it was weird, because Ryzen usually does a, a Sunday show, but this week they decided to do a Saturday oh, show. Oh, yeah, 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 I forgot that, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, go ahead. But it usually is that way. Uh, UFC wasn't that bad. I think it sort of dragged at the end, and I think that's just because of how their broadcast format, you know, can take so long sometimes that, um, you know, like, once their pay-per-view starts, they'll have, like, 20 minutes of ceremonies and openings and stuff before they actually get to their first fight. Um... There was a lot of, like, if people haven't watched the show, I would recommend uh, going going back and watching some of the the fights on the prelims. The opening fight on the UFC prelims, it was a a double debut. Um, Louis Kosk versus uh, Sasha Polotnikov. Amazing fight. It was given the uh, Fight of the Night Award by the end. Um, So I would recommend watching that. Um, Compared to Ryzen, I don't know. I, I thought they were both. Uh, to be shows. honest with you, Jack, to be honest with you, Jack, I wasn't paying much attention to the 
UFC fight card. That's all I was watching some crazy shit go down in Thailand before Metal Dojo. Well, Christian. I did not. I did not mention the Full Metal Dojo because I think we would all agree that Full Metal Dojo obviously was the best show of the weekend, and that would not be a fair comparison at all. So that is why I did not mention uh, Full Metal Dojo, uh, uh, circus, whatever they call it, circus show. Yes. It's interesting. They got some of a somewhat of a storyline going at the end there with Bob Sapp. Yeah, Bob Sapp knocking out the promoter John A. Nuts. <laughs> and he basically went full-blown WCW Nitro Circa 2000 style on his ass, closing the show with a cliffhanger before some amateur sleuth pointed out that it was a straight-up ass-kicking that John Nutt took at the end. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't catch that show. I was um, watching well, UFC during Thankfully for your little eyes, you didn't go to that one site that had it. <laughs> I mean, let's just say with some very not suitable for work material that's on the side of the website that was showing it. With <laughs> <laughs> uh, that being said, other than that, oh. other than that, I guess you can say that this UFC show was probably better because of the fly because of how they treated the flyweight division, right? Yeah, I think uh, unfortunately the show sort of went under a lot of radars. Like, this this show didn't get the usual amount of, like, main, not mainstream, but, like, the amount of attention in the media that, like, pay-per-view UFC shows get. Um, but, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, the flyweights, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, um, Davis and Figueroa, they're both two very talented athletes. Oh, and we might be seeing Figueroa in, like, a couple more weeks. Oh, yeah, of course, because he basically turned around and said he was going to face Brandon Moreno in a few weeks' time. But now, going back on the rise of the cards, which weight class did you think, you know, got the spotlight shown in this fight card? Which weight class? I mean, obviously, except for the featherweights, because we all know the featherweight division, I mean, their new king was pretty much crowned, and it's not who we expected it would be. Well, but all, all credit that, to Andrew. Andrew did say Yutaka Saito would win. Yeah, of course. So we have to and give now him I'm, And now I'm just begging Yutaka Saito to get back on the podcast again by way of Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, how does it feel that, um, I, I, maybe this has happened before, but you guys have had a champion on the show now. I mean, I'm sort of a champion. Well, technically, we had we had Jirion before he was champion, so we've always oh, had people who. Uh... And, and not to mention, we had Manel Cape. Well, I interviewed Manel Cape before he became the bantamweight champion. So suck on that, motherfuckers. So yeah, we always get to them before champion. So hopefully, Saito will be the first time we'll have somebody who is a current champion. So hopefully, that'll that that'll work out. Um... Aside from the featherweight division on this show, who do you, I mean, which weight class did you think shown the most? Or which fight, or which fighter or fights, I guess it would be a better question, since there was a lot of weight classes. They had, like, multiple weight classes fights for the show. Uh, uh, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, I, I was sort of, uh, I was sort of counting Hagiwara out in his fight against Uchimura, 
I was sort of, you know, I was saying, well, what's a guy with a three and three record, arguably, maybe a one and three record, and I'm so confused about that, doing a rise in, he had an explosive win. Um, so he proved me wrong there. Uh, Tyga proved a lot of people wrong. Oh, yeah. I had, I had my uh, trust that he would pull through with a win. A lot of people didn't. So um, I think that he actually put, put together a pretty good performance on the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think those are two names that stood out to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But without further ado, I mean, want to go ahead and just knock out these results? Yeah, let's, let's start with the four kickboxing matches in uh, one fell swoop. Mm-hmm, and to be honest, as I say, let's knock out these results, obviously, and, you know, quite ironically, the first fight was a bit of a knockout. 63 kilos, 140 pounds. Show a pass. Ah, fuck. I'm already fucking up the names. <laughs> Anyways, the first fight was most definitely a knockout, as it ended at the very tail end of the fight. Shohei Asahara knocked out Yuma Yamaguchi via TKO at 2 minutes 59 seconds of round number 3 of 3. <laughs> and of course... I mean, this knockout, this fight was just crazy. It was just amazing throughout it. Even though it was pretty one-sided because Asahara was just dominating the first two rounds. But what did y'all think of that last second KO that Asahara laid on Yamaguchi? I loved it. Jack, what did you think about it? Man, I sort of saw this coming because it felt like the whole fight, Yamaguchi was just taking so much damage, right? Um, it, he was getting clipped a lot in the fight. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I sort of thought that something had to give eventually, right? Yeah, but, you know, I love, I love knockout. I don't know why, but finishes at the very last second are just so much more awesome, I think. There's just something like, I don't know why, I just love, I love, like, I love DJ, the, the DJ win over Horiguchi at the last minute, uh, uh, Edgar, um, Forgot who he knocked out, but he knocked out somebody in like the last second as well. Um, I just there's something about like last second finishes because that tells me about the fighters that they are not coasting. They are still they are still looking to get that that big finish win. You know, a lot of fighters tend to you know if they know they're winning, they're gonna take it easy so they don't put themselves at risk. But you know what, Asahara, I gotta give him a lot of credit. You know he. I, 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 he got it. He, I don't know if he if he thought he could finish um, uh, his opponent, but I thought, yeah, you know, you know, credit all to him for still try, for still going for that finish, even though you know he clearly had the fight in his favor, and I don't think uh, he had any was in danger at all uh, losing. Now I know, um, uh, you know, we also talked about Ryzen Worthy. I know. We don't know about these two that much, um, but uh, Jack, I want to throw it to you. Do you think that either of these fighters are rising worthy of uh, coming back, having another fight? Yeah, why not? Why not bring uh, Asahara back? Uh, you know, pretty solid performance to start the show. Um, I, I would be happy with seeing him again. I mean, this was one of those guys who I didn't really know much about him heading into the show, but um, this was one of the fights that I remembered. Um, and, you know, it, it was the opener, so it allowed... These guys had the, the opportunity to have, like, the first impression on viewers. 
in the evening, and you know, I think it was a good performance. And what about Yamaguchi, who lost? Uh, I mean, I don't mean to sound strict, but like, I don't know. I I thought that well, he he showed like heart in the, in the fight because he kept uh, throwing his own amount of strikes. He was getting hit a lot, and like, it just felt like that like you could tell very early on how the fight was gonna go. You just didn't know how severe it was gonna be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now That's also. At least how I feel. Christian and I used to do this uh, before. We haven't done it lately because there really hasn't been. Uh, I, well, I'm trying to think of like we really haven't had any uh, opponents. Well, we used to do this. Uh, so for what, fighters in in like the 135, 125, 130 weight class, we'd always say, you know, could this kickboxer put up a a a fight with ten, a competitive fight with Tenshin Asakawa? And I know this is 140. I know that's a little bit above his weight class, but presuming that maybe that like this is really a catch weight, so I'm assuming that these guys could go down to 135 if they want to, maybe even 130. Would you say that either of these two could uh, put up a, com- a competitive fight with attention? No. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I think, and I think so if you ask me that, about really that Jack, you're basically saying that Jack because because tension is. He's an animal. I mean, who can put up a good fight against him? <laughs> well, I mean, there are some people. Not a lot of people. Any, uh, any uh, quick thoughts on this fight, Christian? I mean, to be honest, like I said, the knockout was phenomenal. I mean, I hate to debunk your theory, but I think both of these guys probably welcome back in rising because, of course, international restrictions aside, they do need... Bodies, much like how they put Protesto No Face Broku broken ass on this card. Mm. They need bodies to fill up these fight cards. And they, they have a plethora of people in Japan willing to fight for them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I think it was any other circum, other circumstances. Maybe I wouldn't say that Yamaguchi should come back. Uh, I think both cases, Asahara definitely should be. Given another fight, but given just yeah, like you said, the circumstance, I definitely feel like oh, it's almost like if they have another one forty fighter catch weight one thirty five or whatever. Yeah, you know, wouldn't be surprised if we saw Yamaguchi come back, whether he should or shouldn't. You know, given the circumstances. Um, with that being said, Christian, you want to move on to the next kickboxing match? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. As the Pat Mule division, the one hundred fifty, the one hundred twelve pound, the fifty three kilogram division was in full force. This was, of course, a special catchweight fight. Jin Mandokolo returned to the Horizon Ring and defeated Tsuko Sato via decision after three three minute rounds. Even though Mandokolo, I mean, you can basically say that this fight could have gone either way. But Man definitely had the upper hand in this fight. Wouldn't y'all agree? Oh, absolutely. I do not... I the, the part that sealed the deal was the spinning back fist knockdown he landed, right? Yeah. That was sort of his ticket to victory. I mean, also, I will say that, that Sato uh, put up... You know, he, you know, I, you know, one of the things I mentioned was that when he loses, he tends to lose very... I don't want to say embarrassingly, but he tends to get knocked out. In a, in a kind of embarrassing fashion. Uh, but uh, 
No, you know, he, he managed to recover uh, to the best of his ability, I'll say. Uh, and, uh, you know, but Mondokoro was just like, was just... Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was really anything that like that that Sato did to really like answer like uh what 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 his opponent was giving him. It, it it's it, it feel it felt like a pretty much a one sided fight uh for almost all three rounds. I would say uh and I could I want to give this disclaimer about this fight and every single fight that because of the fact that when we're watching Rise and Live. It's an all-nighter thing, and then I go to sleep right after. Sometimes I just, like, have horrible, like, memory of what happens. But for this fight, I think at the end, uh, Sato actually had a pretty good finish to the fight. He might have even, like, wobbled Madokoro in the closing seconds. I thought he, um, I mean, he got knocked down in the second round, but he seemingly was, like, still in the fight by the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I gave him, I, I definitely give him props for recovering. Um, but I just, I don't think he, uh... I think I think I I gave it uh, all three rounds to uh, to uh, Madokoro, uh in the end. I didn't uh, and also as a whole as well because they don't do the unified rules and all that stuff. Um, so um, yeah, but you know I mean so I guess I asked uh, Jack uh, Ryzen worthy either of these two. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say uh, Mandokoro is. I don't know who you're gonna match him with because. I mean, does he usually fight at strawweight? This was a catch rate, you said, right, Christian? So. Oh, I, I was sort of like rounding down. I saw. Yeah, this, yeah, this was basically a catch weight fight. One hundred twelve pounds, fifty-three kilos. He's fought at, at one twenty, one sixteen. Uh, so yeah, this is kind of his weight division. Uh, I know. Again, it's a very. Yeah, I don't know who else. Um, yeah, I, I was I, like, I would be happy to see him back, but um, <laughs> you would have to bring someone else in to face him. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I just realized fifty-three kilos is one hundred and sixteen pounds. But yeah, I get what y'all are trying to say. I mean, you're basically saying that that these two aren't rising from where they are. Oh, I, I, th- I think Jen definitely is. So actually, so actually, Jack, I I, I, I totally forgot this. There is one person who I can honestly think of who has fought at around 112. He's not a natural 112er, but he has fought there. If you remember from the first uh, from the Rise of 22 show, Nadaka Yoshinari, that uh, the uh, the kickboxer that that all the J Kick guys uh, fought over. Otherwise known as Nadaka Iwa Sports, by yeah. the way. Do you remember him? He fights at uh, one one sixteen. You said? Uh, he's fought at one twelve. Um, oh, I wow. think I think that's what he fought at in Ryzen, but he normally fights around one oh eight, if I'm correct. He's very young. I think he's only eighteen or nineteen. Um, uh, do you you uh, he, that was the uh kickboxing match where they had the, they allowed the elbows for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just kept on throwing his opponent down to the ground. And uh, and then eventually finish him with el- elbows. Ironically, that's like the only person I could think of. But again, I think that's a case of uh, I think that's that would that would be a one-sided uh fight from uh, Yoshinari's uh, Yoshinari's side. I think, but that's the only fight I can think of. 
I guess you're more you're more prone to mismatches in a thinner division. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. What about Sato? Would you bring him back for his uh, third Ryzen outing? Uh, sure. I mean, <laughs> like, why not? Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I'm a generous Dana White on the Contender series right now. You're generous. Giving out contracts. <laughs> Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I would, I would definitely see him back. Um, you know, I think Asato really put up, you know, even you know, the way that he lost, you know, he, he didn't go down. He didn't go down uh, losing embarrassingly. You know, he's tried to put up a fight to the very end. Wasn't successful, but you know what? I, I, I see nothing. I don't know. Again, don't know who you would put him up against. Uh, Mandacoro, the only person I could think of is Yoshinari if you wanted to do that. Uh, if there's a, if they can't do that, I don't know who else, but, uh, you know, uh, I say bring him back, you know, down the line, um, for, uh, for some, uh, for some fight. Uh, Christian, let's move on to the next kickboxing match. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the, oh my god, let's go ahead and move on to the rare unicorn. That y'all hate it so fucking much in the Ryzen middleweight division. 184 pounds or 83 kilos. And the fight that y'all probably thought was the worst fight of the night. Isami Sano, who of course you probably complained, Andrew, that he came out wearing something no similar to that of a character from the anime Kimetsu no Yaiba, Demon Slayer. I mean, defeated Idinoi Ibata, all six foot six hundred eighty three pounds of him via decision. Uh, now, before we even get to the fact, I mean, before we even talk about this fight, I mean, we have to talk about the entrance that Tommy Sano made. I mean, did y'all have any? I mean, I know you. Andrew had second thoughts about that because of how crazy the guy looked. But what about you, Jack? Did you that, do you think it's... That's funny. I uh, I I didn't. I, I sort of like figured out the reference that it was from uh, Demon Slayer. I was more of a fan of the song you walked out to, the the theme of the show, because I'm a big fan of Lisa, the not what I expected at all, but I mean, like, why not make a character for yourself? Because, you know, I, I think people have talked about it before, how, like, people see so many fighters, you know, it's so easy for some fighters to blend into the background, and this was a pretty um, lame fight in the long run, but, I mean, point in case about how this makes characters, we're having a block on a podcast talking specifically about his entrance right now. Exactly. Before, uh, before uh, we... Andrew, how, how, could you, how could you possibly hate this? I don't. I didn't hate it. I was just like, "What the fuck was that?" I don't know Demon Slayer. I I've never seen a Demon Slayer anime or manga in my entire life. I know it was it was just more like, "What the fuck is?" It was like, "Yeah, that was I was like, exactly right." I wrote on on Twitter, "What the fuck is that?" I I just I just saw a guy I mean, come out. Do you know any people based out of the SAG after Union in California? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think a few of those SAG-AFTRA people, 
you know, worked on that particular anime. I mean, I think people are, I mean, I think there's a few voice, I think, ah, damn it, what am I saying? I think there was a few voice actors on there that are a part of SAG after that were a part of that anime, but my point of the matter is, if you know people that are involved in SAG after all the way out in Los Angeles, you should know at least a little bit about, you know, anime like Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. I'm just saying. Unless it's the last okay. airbender, I have no idea what you're talking about. Understood, understood. <laughs> I just also want to ask as well. Um, didn't it seems like now because of the streaming thing sucks. Uh, sucks now that they're muting. It seems like they're randomly muting entrances. Uh, mm-hmm. I heard some theory that it's a cor- it's a correlation between like songs which are distributed in Japan versus songs that aren't. Like, if someone walks out to like a song that was like, you know, made in America or something, it gets muted. But that, I just heard that. I don't know if that's true. Oh, okay. That's entirely possible because it just, I, I, it, I try to figure out, like, why are some things being muted and uh, overdubbed with the announcers and then others are not? So I just, I was trying to figure out if there was some sort of pattern. But I've seen that, uh, and you guys are probably used to that from, like, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling shows. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't too enraged by it. Uh, I, I, I like hearing the entrances. Because also, here's the thing as well. When they, when they, Turn up the volume of the announcers, you can't hear Lenny Hart as well. You just hear the announcers. Everything gets drowned out, uh, just how much you're turning up on the announcers. And, uh, oh, it's very, oh, I hate it. I, I just, I, I, it's, it's when, like, when the UFC cuts out all the entrances on the, uh, fight pass. It's just, oh, it miss, it takes away something in my personal opinion. Oh, it's even worse when they, uh, dub fake music over top of entrances on UFC fight pass. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Deep does that as well. For their, uh, uh, yeah, they always, it's these two royalty, uh, they use the same songs, these two royalty-free, uh, orchestral songs that they just Yeah, use. and I, I hate that because it, first of all, it, like, blows out my eardrums, and it just gets <laughs> annoying, so it's like, I'd rather sit in silence. <laughs> I get it, I get it. I just want to point that out. I mean, it's we have to deal with that shit, especially in this day and age where, you know, people... I mean, I understand copyrights are still... I mean, I understand people still go through copyrights and people still go through visual hell. Half of YouTube gets taken down. I talked about this shit on my Black Lions Aerospace episode with Zachary Shiloh, which, of course, you can go ahead and check that out on his Anchor FM page. But still, point of the matter is... I mean, I talked about the whole copyright thing, and it sucks that people have to go through that shit in this day and age, but it's just, I mean, it was just fucked up what Ryzen did, you know, to drown out the audio. I mean, because I was trying to gather music for who came out to what at that particular show Saturday, and it was hard for me to do that at times. I mean, I did manage to get most of the car, but it was hard for me to do that at times because the commentators were just yapping and the sound was muted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, I, so, about this fight, Ibata Sano. Um, Jack, tell us your thoughts. Well, um, I would say the 
first round of this fight, I think everyone's attention was just strictly on the uh, overwhelming height that Ibotta had and how it was almost like comical at points. And he, w- he was actually, at the start of the fight, he was hitting Sano with some kicks. Um, but then this fight very quickly became Sano's fight once he realized how to avoid the kicks. Uh, because, well, he started uh, closing the distance and landing strikes like that. And Ibotta also became, like, very tired. And when he got knocked down in the last round, it at, when I first saw the knockdown, I just thought he, like, fell because he was so tired. But on replay, you could see he got hit. Um, by the end of the fight, like, by the, by the third round, it's hard to feel this way about kickboxing fights because they're nine minutes at long at the longest. So it's, like, hard to feel bored in such a short time span. But by the end, I was like, okay, let's just, like, let's wrap this up. Well, actually, the nine minutes at the longest for most other promotions, with the exception of Glory, whose title fights are 15 minutes long or five three-minute rounds. Right. So, I'm Christian, and I'm guessing you weren't a fan of this fight as well? indifferent about it, but to be honest, I wasn't really... I mean, it was like that fucking... It was like that spinny shit match that happened at that that Full Metal Dojo fight on Saturday night. I mean, I'm pretty sure, Andrew, you know what the fuck I was talking about. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, of course, yes. Mm Mm-hmm, them motherfuckers was just spinning out of control, trying to land a hit on one another. But I basically said in the Focus Fights article about the, well, actually, in the Focus Fights result post about the fight, and I'm trying to get to it momentarily, but still, I basically said in the Focus Fights result that this felt like two giant schoolboys, even though I meant to say two giant pussies fighting like petty little girls in a cat fight. Mm-hmm. But down the stretch... It got more and more entertaining. Both men, including the six foot six Ibata, need a hell of a lot of work to sharpen their skills. But to me, even though the fight may have sucked, it was a great first impression because hey, it got a lot of people talking about them and it got a lot of interest on them. So yeah, I I I said on the preview show this is the one one of the fights I was looking forward to most because I had no idea how it was going to go and I could not predict that that Ibata would basically kickbox as if this was a Taekwondo match. Hands down, just like doing the side stand kicks. Listen, I gotta say something. And I said this on Twitter. I have never seen a disparity in some in someone's kickboxing abilities than, than Ibata that I can recall, whose kicks were so good. Like, his kicks were... I have, I, those were some of the best kicks I have seen uh, thrown... Uh, in a kickboxing match, for especially for someone who's a pro, for a first time pro pro match, those are fucking fantastic. His striking, on uh, uh, his 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 hand strikes though were fucking awful, and I was just I'm just like perplexed by the disparity and how so good he was at one thing, but could not even grasp the other aspect of this uh, of the sport. Uh, that is important as well. I, w- I got an enjoyment out of this fight. 
I don't want to say the same level that's of Saf and Osuna. It didn't reach that level, but I was just, I was thoroughly entertained by this match and the fact that yes, they these two were getting tired. I think probably Ibata a little bit, probably a little bit more. Um, but I was I was entertained for all three rounds because I had no idea what was gonna happen next. And then yeah, listen, you know one of the things I like to say is I like to see a, a big man get knocked down by a little guy. Kind of happened, but kind of didn't. Yeah, you didn't fully get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the, 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 the dream you were drumming up didn't necessarily happen. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But listen, you, and you know, listen, and here's the other thing as well. Ryzen clearly wanted Ibada to win. In, in the VTR, it was all about Ibada. I, I don't think they even inter- they put Sano, like, uh, any interviews with him in that. And it's sometimes, it's fun to see... A lot of times, it's fun to see the guy who the company doesn't doesn't want to win win, because that I think that makes a lot more things interesting, especially in the future. Oh, you know what? That kind of reminded me of that one fight that happened recently at the XFC return event in Atlanta, where they basically gave Jessica Jack Aguilar all this airtime, all this time and space to. You know, talk about her, but Danielle Dynamite Taylor beat her fair and square, and they had to be forced to give Danielle that interview time. Yeah, yeah, and um, but was you know sometimes the lack of skill I think can be much more entertaining than someone who's really skilled, because you just don't know what they're going to do next. And yeah, Sano, his boxing was terrible, but listen, you know what? He was able to. He, I, I like. They both had plans. And eventually, Ibada's one worked up to a point until he got tired from throwing like 100 kicks in one round. And then, uh, I mean, here's the thing as well Ibada was even keeping Sano back with knees. I had never seen that before. You know, you usually go for a knee for a, for a strike, but he was. He was so tall in comparison to Sano, he was able to use his knees to keep Sano at bay. And then Sano, obviously his plan was, okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in close to this guy and I'm gonna punch him in the face. And he did that eventually when Abada got tired. Listen, I got I got an enjoyment out of this fight. Uh then some I enjoyed this fight a, a lot more than I, than I thought I than I thought I was going to. It was not technical at all, but I found it entertaining on a I guess on a on a B movie level entertaining. Jack, uh, counter arguments. Uh, I don't really have a counter. I th- I think you uh, sort of made yourself look a little sadistic there with your uh, oh I like when they're when they're bad at fighting. <laughs> well, here's the you know, it's it, you know it's 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 one of the reasons why Full Metal Dojo I think works. If every you know it, you know why why people are talking about the two on one MMA match. There's times where you want to see the guys who are the best go at it, but then there's also other times where it's just, you know, just throw two people in there and see what happens. And I, th- I think, I think both can work, and both can work in small doses. If obviously you you throw people there who shouldn't be in a, in a pro, uh, in a pro I, fight. I guess the distinction here is Full Metal Dojo knew what they were doing, and this was supposed to be like. I don't think this was necessarily booked as like a joke. Oh yeah, but oh, oh oh yeah, but I think that I think that kind of worked in because I really clearly Ryzen 
was behind this Ibada guy. He was, I believe, it was supposed to be in the in the twenty twenty Olympics uh, this year, uh, representing Japan in Taekwondo uh, uh, division, and obviously that didn't happen. So Ryzen went out and reached out to him, and so they were trying to obviously make a start out of him, and it failed. So, I mean, oh. well, it failed for one show. I mean, who's to say it'll fail again if he ever gets booked? Well, yeah. Jack. Jack not a life sentence. Jack Risenworthy, Sano Ibada. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that they're both Risenworthy. Give them another shot because, as I said before, they need bodies. Hey, listen, I don't know. If, uh, uh, let me finish, dude. Uh, yeah. They said, I mean, they don't have many people to call on around the world when it comes down to these fights. Mm-hmm. So they need all the people that they can, especially these two, just to make these fight cards at least interesting. Not just entertaining. And presume if the Olympics go down next year, you know, I'm, I don't know for how much, how many times we'll see Ibada. Maybe maybe one more. Again, oh, but also, you know, this division, this, like, whatever, uh, 180 division is, like, I don't know who else that you could get from that in Japan, at least. Uh, that is a very hard division. I'm guessing to find kickboxers, specifically, especially in Japan. Uh, they might even have to like go to some MMA fighters to uh, to uh, put on the, the kickboxing gloves. I say, yeah, bring them both back. You know, I I I like I said, you know, wasn't the mo- I would say this with a caveat. I would tell them, go to a smaller promotion first, maybe rack up some wins if they can, and then maybe they can book them on another show. Like, put them on a rise or deep kick um, if they can, and then maybe bring them back uh, down the line uh, and uh, do it that way. So it's, you know, so, you know, hopefully, you know, that, like, they can get, like, at least a, a 500 record, an over 500 record. And you know, not come. You know, I don't know if you want to be exactly uh, bringing in uh, uh, a guy like Ibada, Owen one uh, when he's especially when uh, the company wanted him to clearly win. Um, by the way, as well, I want to ask you this, Jack. Um, when when Ibata was, I, I'm assuming, I, I guess he was running away from uh, from Sano. Uh, do you think running away should be constituted TKO? Well, no, because remember Ibato, like, I think it was by the third round, he was, he had his back turn, was running away from Sano. I don't, I don't remember that, to be honest. Um, uh, this is right when he got knocked out, right before when he got knocked out, remember, he, and he ran right to the corner. And he got knocked out that way. Should it be considered TK? I, 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 I don't think so. Okay, because I, I, I'm just wondering, because, hmm, I've always wondered, like, when a fighter runs away with his back turned. If that should be considered, because you're you're obviously not defending yourself properly, your you back is turned. That's the that's the worst position you could possibly put yourself in a, in a in a fight. So I don't know. That was just something I was thinking during this fight, especially with them being O and O in their debuts. I think that uh, by the end, I mean I, I don't think Abada was in any like real danger in the end of the fight, but I do think that like. 
near the end he was really really tired so that was like something the ref should have been looking out for because like once he got tired it seemed like he just wasn't really in it oh yeah and def oh I'll, I'll correct you their cardio was definitely in danger i was getting kimbo slice uh dada 5000 vibes with how <laughs> But it's so strange because they both, I mean, okay, Sano didn't look like in shape, but he didn't look out of shape. And Ibada looked, I guess, in relatively good shape. And I'm assuming some guy who's done uh, Taekwondo must obviously have some good cardio. But, like, yeah, by round, probably the beginning, uh, the, the ending, I also, I probably also, those kicks to Sano did not help his cardio as well. So that's, I'm also going to guess as well. Um, but, you know. Uh, and, and in the end, well... You know what, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, for yes. Ibada, for either of these guys, they they could come back to Ryzen, but I just don't think it should be their next step. Yeah, oh no, that's what I'm saying as well. I think it should be a few steps down the line. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's what I was saying. Yeah, you know, I'll say with the caveat, you know, go to Rise, Deep Kick, or yeah. uh, New Japan Kickboxing Federation, or something like that. Um... And we want to move on to the last kickboxing match, Christian. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about the fact that Tiger killed him with success, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As Tiger Kawabe coming out to that particular song made by Mike Will Maiden, <laughs> he defeated Yuma Yamahata via decision. In three three minute rounds, of course, to finally win yet another damn Ryzen fight. And I think this was his first Ryzen win since he defeated Hikaru Machida. That's correct. Yeah. Man, if you if you saw the look in his eyes when he was going down to the ring, if he, if if you were able to bet at that point who was going to win, I would put the, all my chips on Tiger. You saw that look in his eyes. He was going to catch. Well, he didn't catch a body, but he was. Going in there with that intention. Oh, he basically did catch a body. He it was basically a three round pummeling. But still, uh, a, mer- a merciful pummel, a merciful. When you, when you saw him look in his eyes, you you knew that was coming. Yes. And, uh, I just want to say, uh, I think that all of Twitter, well, I think you guys, they all, you guys all owe him an apology. Hey, um, now hold on. Tyga is, is the um, perfect. Comeback story. This man has taken so many losses, and he's back. He is back. And with this win, by the way, his record in Rising now improved to two four one. On the timeline, the day after this publishes, I want to see. I want to log on. And I want to see in that bar that says "In case you missed it." I want to see a tweet from everybody I know going, "I'm sorry, Taiga." Well, sure, I'll do that when you apologize to Isami Sano. And doubting him beating beating your boy Hidenori Ibada. No, I don't. I, I don't owe an apology to anyone. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So, okay, Tiger wins. He looks awesome in this fight. Uh, yeah. He said he wants to fight Koji next. Uh, they fought in K1, I believe, a number of years ago. I think Tiger won that. They fought in K1 back on June 18, 2017 in the K1 Super Welterweight Championship Tournament event. Mm. Where, of course, Tiger defeated Koji via unanimous decision. 
So yes, uh, Jack, would you would you book that match? Why not? Yeah, I think that what's great about these guys is that, um, you know, it's I I think that like for a lot of these guys, it's it's kind of hard to like figure out where they fit into the Ryzen puzzle, but like uh, Taiga, he, everyone's familiar with him because he's been on so many Ryzen cards at this point. Uh, Kuzi, Koji, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he headlined a show, and I mean, sure, he took a beating from tension, but he headlined a show, so he's a name that's familiar. I think this is a, a good booking to put on a card just because people are familiar with both these guys and they have a history. Well, here's the reason why I can tell you why Ryzen has booked him so bad. They, at one point, when they booked, I think, Taiga on the first show, and uh, I think I was Ryzen 11, excuse me, Ryzen 12, maybe, um, and... Um, what happened was that... Uh, 13, actually. Oh, excuse me, 13. And what happened was that Taiga had said he's always he's wanted to face tension. And I think that Ryzen brought Taiga in, coming from K1, and his you know, accolades he's got in K1, and they we're going to try to book a fight with him in, in tension. He lost a bunch of fights, so they couldn't do that. Then Ryze tried to, do, tried to do, book that fight as well. Uh, in one of the tournaments that they had, um, it was 2000, I think it was last year's, the Grand Prix, and, but then Taiga, uh, got eliminated in the first round, so, it seems like Ryzen has kept him, because they want to eventually do a match with him in tension, um, and he, he's also called for that fight as well, I'm curious to know, so, if he were to be Koji, or, would you ever do at some point, Tiger versus Tension down the line. I just want to say, like, to be 100% honest with you guys, I think there's, like, an issue with Tension where it's, like, you see it sort of, like, at the same at the same issue with, like, a high-level prize fight by boxers where they reach a point where the only fights which make sense for them are ones which are politically just not available because of promoters or stuff like that. I think there's a huge issue right now where there is literally nothing else for tension apart from, you know, super fights, which are hard to make. Yeah. I could be wrong here, but I, I, I don't, you can give him filler fights, and I think Taiga versus him, just because they're so far apart skill-wise, would be a filler fight for tension. But besides that, I don't, I don't know what to do with him. I get, no, that, that, that's, that's totally reasonable. I, I, I totally get that. No, you're not, that's absolutely how prize fighting has always been and will always be. Um, here's the other thing I gotta say about, about Taiga as well. We have seen, mo his most recent losses have been very devastating knockouts. And I'm curious to know, do you think that he won this simply because Yamahata does, did not have any knockout power to knock out Taiga? And that's why he was able to do this all three rounds? Or do you think that Taiga, I don't know what he did. Did he do something different in his, uh, training or whatever, do you think that he just came in here with a different mindset, a different uh, way to go about uh, to uh, proceed with this fight? Uh, I think that, uh, well, I, this, I mean, this was Yuma's first real step up in competition, um, or at least step up in, like, shows, because he was on, like, the very regional scene of Japan before. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I think it's worth keeping in perspective. You know, this wasn't, like, a huge win for Taiga. I think it was a big win in the context that he was really due for a win, but, you know, I don't think this was, like, the biggest fight ever I, for him. I, I do want to sort of clarify, like, 
Um, I think that, you know, he does get finished in fights, but a lot of the time, one thing I will credit him with is he does, you know, put up a really good fight against guys. I think that if there's anything that makes me respect him and make, makes me want him to come back to Ryzen is because in his uh, two fights with Taiju Shiratori, he was giving Taiju a fight. Yeah. You know, this was not the the Tevin star coming in and just crushing someone. This was two real fights. And, I, you know, it's unfortunate the way the second one ended. It was because of a cut. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think that he's a... Uh, he gives guys good fights, and that could be a reason why Ryzen wants to bring him back after three straight losses, five and six fights. But hey, we're back in the win column. You know, things are looking good for Taiga. Yeah, I, I when it comes to being Ryzen worthy, I don't even have to answer that. He will be back. Taiga will be back. Taiga could lose ten in a row, and he'll still be back. So it's, it's it might. My... He will only be back to be honest, Andrew, because the fans love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and listen, yeah, you know, after what he did, after how he won that fight, yeah, by all means, bring him back. Absolutely. The Koji fight, um, I guess, you, yeah, do that for, for New Year's Eve if, if, if you want to, you know, a rematch, you know. See if you get, win, get a win over Koji again. I mean, you do risk, I think you do highly risk him going to that fight and losing, honestly, though. Uh, so... Right. Talking about Tiger versus Cody. Yes, you know? yes. If they do a rematch, I do think that it's highly possible that Koji does win that fight and would knock out Tiger. I really do believe that. Uh, it's I don't know. It's just that's just my gut feeling right now. I don't know who you would put him up against. Um, because obviously you, I think you want you want to keep this little story of him getting back in the win column. Problem is though, if you put him up against a really high level guy. It, it is uh, it is entirely possible uh, for him to maybe lose that. Sh- to lose that, I mean, um, I don't know. Maybe if you wanted to, you know. So actually, uh, they are close in weight. Um, maybe you could do a catch weight earlier from uh, the show. Uh, Shohei Asahara, which uh, versus Taiga, uh, maybe. Wait, what, Christian? I can't understand you. I said, and I'm so sorry, I'm basically puffing on an Olympic I got, you know, bad asthma. But what the fuck are you saying? Are you sure? Well, I mean, yeah, because I think I think that's a, fu- a fighter that Tiger could could win against, and he just can't. He just came out of a win, so then you at least have that. I just worry that if you after this one win, you put him in such a like a. It'd be like putting somebody who's uh who 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 just who won uh one or two fights on the regional scene, uh and then you put him in, in a UFC fight against a top three or top four, it usually does not come out with the regional guy or gal winning. What do you think about that, Jack? Tiger versus Shohei Asahara maybe, as like a fight, uh before Koji, uh potentially. Well, I thought the Koji one makes made sense because it, it, I just thought it would be a good New Year's Eve one. But um, I mean, that that matchup, I like that matchup too. I guess yeah, for New Year's Eve as well. I'll also take uh, that. That is a New Year's Eve match. Uh, I, I think what I love about New Year's Eve uh, is that it's a show where it definitely feels like things are culminating. Yeah. Um, and I think that that would be a great matchup. 
where it feels like a real combination, you know, a rematch and stuff like that. But with that being said, that is a good suggestion, that matchup, I feel. Now, also, Tiger has said he wants to do MMA, which I thought I thought when Sakaki Bar said that at the last show with the Tiger, uh, where he got knocked out by Kento Haraguchi, I thought that Sakaki Bar was kidding, but apparently he's not. Tiger apparently made reference to the fact he wants to do MMA in this, this post-fight speech. So, uh, what do you say about that, Jack? Do you... St- Listen, we, we got so many kickboxers in Ryzen that want to do MMA. We should do like a, a Grand Prix where it's just the kickboxers moving to MMA. We can have uh, we can bring tension back. We can have uh, Ren Hiromoto. Uh, <laughs> we can have Taiga. There's so many possibilities. We just need to get a few more people. We can bring back Yamato Fujita, who was the only man to take tension to his limit in kickboxing and MMA. So, uh, okay. Well, I, I think there's opportunities here. I think that uh, uh, Ryzen should get me on the phone. <laughs> what about uh, Yuma Yamahata? Is he Ryzen worthy, uh, uh, Jack? Yes, don't get dumped like Jerry Millen did. <laughs> uh, J- Jack, uh, what do you say about Yuma Yamahata? Is he Ryzen worthy of having another fight, in your opinion? Maybe if he can uh, put, put, put on like another run on the regional scene or something. How about Yuma Yamahata versus Yuma Yamaguchi? Yuma versus Yuma. Oh, see, so you're just trying to get a like a Brandon Moreno versus Brandon Royval. Oh, exactly. Yes, exactly. That's the trend nowadays. You have to have matching names. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I agree with you about the regional scene. Absolutely. Um, what about you, Christian? Yuma Yamahata, get a few on the regional scene, then come back. I think that would be a fun fight. Not sure how confusing it would be considering they carry the same first name. But, you know, it should be a fun fight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, with that, move, with that being said, Christian, let's move on to the first MMA fight of the, of the night. And, you know, I did say that, you know, this fight was going to end with Listen, I was watching the show. I had a tweet deck in one tab. I had 
my report that I was typing in the other, and I saw... Who, who, which one of you guys was tweeting on the We Are Rising account? That's me. Man, you, you were... You were, uh... You sounded way too confident that this uh, Boku finish was gonna happen, and when it happened, you were almost, like, happy about it. I was like, wow, this is evil. Yeah, you, I remember you tweeted something like, um... And ever what I expected happened, folks, and I was like, "Wow, okay, let let's give credit to him." For he was winning the fight heading into the third round. By how? What, what did he? Do? Was it just by by proxy of of like? It was nothing of anything. I was like, he did nothing like egregiously. Uh, uh, like was he just outstriking him? I, I think no. I, I don't. I don't think it was the most amazing fight through the first two rounds. But I think that the finish, in my opinion, surprised me just because it seemed like it just sort of after a slow-paced fight just sort of popped up out of nowhere for Shirakawa. I know he got. I remember the the he got a nice body punch into uh, Shirakawa. I do remember that. That's the one thing I remember that that Boku memorably did. But like. And this entire like I was bored. This this fight this fight was not as bad as the Jin Aoi fight, uh that uh Bo that Boku had, but I thought this fight was was on its way hey, to being a stinker. Be honest, did you expect he heading into the third round that a finish was coming? Um, I was hoping a finish was coming. I'll say that I did not think of I, I and I I was I was hoping a finish was coming, but I didn't think it was gonna. I thought like if it didn't happen in the first round, it wasn't gonna happen this in the second and third. So I no, I didn't we were think. Closing in on a Boku win after two rounds. Yeah, well, uh, like, I regardless of what of what would have happened, I honestly think that both fighters looked like garbage. They did not like the fact that Shirakawa. Well, I, I I'll have to rewatch the fight, but I'll I'll I'll, 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 I'll for mistake, I'll I'll go with what you're saying that he was losing, and then that he just happens to get a knockout like. Magically in, in the third round, like almost, it almost seems like he got it by accident. That it wasn't even it wasn't even intentional. And then Boku, like barely. I don't remember him doing anything but that body punch. It's like the one thing I remember he did in this fight. It was, and again, you know, like that's here's the other thing as well. Did this fight? Did at any point in the rounds other than when Boku got knocked down? Did they go to the ground at all? I don't recall them ever going to the ground. No, I don't think so. Is Boku some, like... He's, he's not some, like, world-class grappler because in the Aoi fight, they didn't go down to the ground either. It was almost as, as if they were told, do not take Boku down to the ground or he'll submit you with, like, magical heel hook. It just it felt so strange that, these, that both these fights were entirely on the stand-up uh, for, uh, for this fight for almost all three rounds. That, like, really, like, I don't know why, that just seems so strange. Like, I don't, like, Shirakawa didn't bother to look at the uh, Oi fight and think, you know what, let me maybe take this guy down, because he didn't go to the ground at all in the first fight, so maybe if I take him down, he'll, he won't be expecting that. I don't know, I thought that was so strange. Did that ever occur to you, Jack? I never really thought of it that much. I, I, I do remember the fight being on the feet the whole time. Uh, I, I thought it was a pretty close fight through two rounds, um, and I considered Boku up. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know. 
And also, Boku was doing that weird, and he did it in the Oi fight as well. He was doing that weird side stance, kind of like this, like, uh, like uh, standing straight up, like almost like not even what Ibada was doing in his kickboxing match. But you know what? It kind of almost reminded me of. Do you remember BJ Penn's last match? And uh, not the Ryan Hall fight. Uh, I guess it'll be second or third or last match. Remember when he was doing that weird like standing straight up like stance and that and um, I'm trying to remember was it against um was it Yair Rodriguez maybe? It was against uh, Clay Guida. It's against Clay Guida. Oh, it looked. I don't know. It reminded me of that. Just like it was just a weird stance that Boku was doing. I can't recall him doing that stance norm uh regularly in this fight. I, I again, you know, I don't know if if Crazy B has uh if uh if it's being uh, turned upside down there, but I don't know if like he had a proper fight camp or something, or something along those lines. It's just, but yeah, I. I Overall, I thought this fight was terrible. Was for the most part what was terrible and was, I think both fighters just looked did not look good, coming out. Wait, so how did how did you hate this, but then like the Ibotta kickboxing match? Because that was bad on a different level. That I was not bored bad. This was like this was a boring bad. That that to me is a lot worse than a than a fight than a not technical bad match. Like like a, like a Kimbo Dada or a Bob Sapp Osuna. Were, I it, was just sad that we didn't get to see a Boku win. Oh, I'm sad we didn't get that either. But I, it's quite clear that he does not have. Uh, he is not capable, uh, or should not be in a MMA fight anymore. It's 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 at that level where it's somebody has to tell him to retire. He's at it's like the Roy Nelson level, uh, or. Where they just, it just seems like they just cannot compete at the level that they used to, and it and it's causing them to lose fights. They're not, they're not even changing their their the way they fight. They, they they're almost, they almost feel like they can still fight the way they do, but they're not, but they're not. The output is not the same. And uh, I don't know what, what I think is losing streak now is about four or five. I think right, Christian. All finishes, I think, or no, all all, all but one was a finish. Tesla no face Boku. Yeah, it's five now. Now, oh yeah, it's definitely five. He's a fucking lovable loser at this point. I don't even know. Lovable tiger, of course. So, so I guess I guess the so I know that I think Boku did say he's retiring, for good. I I, I believe he said that. Um, he said something in the press uh, post fight press conference. Uh, it was translated by Bruno Masami. He said something like, "Yeah, I think it's time." Again, you know, but also we also know that MMA. You go ahead, Andrew. I was gonna say that you know I always take MMA retirements with a grain of salt, uh, even when they seem so assured that they're not that they're gonna retire. So, Jack, yeah, I'm gonna. Really... I can think of more. I can think of more fake retirements than I can ones of which were legitimate. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How many? People of Terry Funk and say. Exactly. And then come back and have the five so-called retirement matches. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So let's assume. Let's just say Boku decides to unretire. Um, would you give him one more fight in Ryzen, Jack? In the hopefully, no. okay, Christian. 
has a legacy of being the late Kid Yamamoto right hand man. But still, the fact that he's riding a five-fight losing streak, four of his five losses by way of finish, most of them in the first round, by the way. You know, it's kind of sad to see him going. I mean, to see him keep going like this. I mean, I just want to see the man bow out gracefully, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just realized yeah, I was looking. I, I was looking at his record, uh, Boku's record. He has a loss to somebody called uh, whose name is Major Overall, and I thought that was a fake, a fake MMA name. No, that's actually their real name. I'm sorry, Jack. Go ahead. Uh, I think like there there was a situation a few weeks ago when Anderson Silva fought Uriah Hall yes. on a UFC card, where he got finished in the fourth round, and it was with punches. And, he didn't get knocked out per se, but it was kind of a, a hard to watch sort of finish, in my opinion. Uh, afterwards, uh, at the post fight press conference, U- UFC president Dana White was very angry about this. He was like, Oh, I should have never let this fight happen. Uh, this was a horrible idea. I'm never going to let him fight again. I think that you run that risk the when someone. The same with this past weekend. I hate to interrupt, even though it's kind of my thing, but the same thing happened. This past weekend, with him basically saying, oh, I don't think Mauricio Shogun Hua should be fighting again. Right. Um, I, I think that... Fights left you, on his deal. Sorry, Jack, go ahead. When you, when, you take some, when you bring someone in who is on a losing streak and is on the, you know, arguably past the twilight of their career, you run the risk of having a really ugly fight where afterwards you just feel bad that you made the fight, you know? Um, so I, I think that it's probably best to just not have him fight again. Mm-hmm. And like you said, he has that legacy that he can, you know, he has that and it's, it, you know, there's nothing more to really prove. Mm-hmm. What about Shirakawa? Um, with a win, uh, finish over Boku, uh, you know, the 145 division is starting to become a bit packed, um. Was there anybody that you would would you uh, would you have him come back and face somebody uh, in the current the burgeoning uh, one forty five division in Ryzen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he has a shaky record, right? Because he just nine and eight and one. Nine eight and one, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends. Like, I think that all the things need to be considered when you make decisions like this. Like, you know, are there are the borders still closed? Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Are they trying to do like a GP or something like that? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, just because of that, I, I don't know how I feel about bringing him back. By the way, uh, I uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think it's wasn't his first loss to um, I think it was to um, what you call it? Was it to uh, Hagiwara? No, 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 no. I think he, he lost his uh, Ryzen. That was it. Yes, it is. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, and we saw what we saw. We see what Hagiwara is going. So, it definitely seems like he, 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 he definitely does not. He, if you bring him back, well, here's the thing. So, Ryzen does have their 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 requisite gatekeepers. Do you think you keep him around as a guy who's a gatekeeper? You know, uh, build someone who you could get have him lose to to build someone up. I mean, if you're trying to build the fly the featherweight division, that would make sense, right? Because I, I think they still definitely need people for the featherweight division. It's still, like, if you're going to keep a 
if you're going to have a championship in that division, you need to have more featherweights. Mm-hmm. I also I think you also uh, bring uh, the there's also the point of the fact that he loves losing to Boku. Um, it's like it's like the question of like remember when uh when Alistair Overeem lost to uh, Jair Rodestruk, but yet dominated for up to five rounds up until the very last. Um, yeah, he landed a shot clock. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't. When you see that, uh, Jack, as an MMA uh, uh, journalist reporter, MMA insider, so to speak. Yeah. Do you? Oh, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) Do you? Do you think? Do you give credit? Where do you? Where do you give the credit to to a fighter who who gets dominated for so long, but then gets a win like that last minute? Do you give like? Do you say, oh yeah, he got the win, but he basically got his ass kicked for for four minutes fifty seconds, kind of. As a, as a uh, I mean, it, it's all part of the game, you know? I, I think that what people have to realize is that things like that are sort of what makes MMA MMA, yeah. is that crazy things can happen which can invalidate 14 minutes of work someone put in in the previous rounds and the current round. Um, I, I think that context does matter, especially when you're going into matchmaking and figuring out who can face who. You can't just look at, okay, well, this guy, you know, he won his last fight, so he should face this guy. You know, you need to have the context of how fights went. and um, But, you know, that that's obviously worth noting. But at the end of the day, like, it's still a win for him. I'm not going to take it away from him because maybe he gave up the first two rounds or something like that. Or you see a similar thing where it's like if someone wins a fight because of doctor stoppage people or, or because of injury, um, people try to invalidate that mm-hmm. or say it's not necessarily fair. I mean, at the end of the day, like, these guys... They know the rules. They play by them, and at the end of the day, how it goes, they're accepting of that, or they should be. Um, so, as fans, we should be too. Imagine how fucked up it would be if on New Year's Eve, so they can't book the rematch between Saito and Mikuru, and then suddenly the it's announced Mikuru versus Boku. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how I'd feel about that. I I think they're. <laughs> Maybe I would have some, like, added level of guilt when watching. Maybe can, I just would cover my eyes. Can you believe they actually tried to book that? And, like, looking at the at, at Boku's two matches in hindsight, and obviously the career of Mikuru, can you actually believe that, like, they actually consider that match, like, as an actual... I, I want to hope there was something lost in translation there, that that wasn't actually what they were trying to do. I really do hope that that was, um, because that would be a dangerous position to put Boku in, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and by the way, we're going to get to it later, but I think that, um, I don't think we're going to see a featherweight rematch at New Year's Eve. Oh, absolutely not. And uh, well, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. Um, Sato looked kind of banged up by the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know, I know the extent of his injury, so I can definitely tell what, like, definitely, uh, and also, because I've had, uh, I got a similar injury as him that, uh, why he can't, there's no way he can make it in, for New Year's. But, uh, yeah, um, Christian, you want to move on to the next match? Punches, foot stop. And 
Oh, that stomp was awesome at the end. Yeah, and that was basically a shot clock ass whooping. <laughs> Jack, I gotta ask. No, that's the first. I got before anything. What do you think of that? Like that last second foot stomp after uh, after Uchimura went down. Um, I thought it was a little too brutal for my liking. Uh, I I don't did he connect with it? it he did. He did. He got from it. From the first angle, it looked like he just missed it because the referee got in the way or something. But I think I think he, the, it came down, but like if the referee, I think it came down as soon as the referee's gone. So like it kind of just, I guess he kind of just like him. yeah, it grazed him. But like he was going down for like a full Shogun Hua pride foot stomp to the side of his face. Yeah, I was I was surprised. Uh, well, that was brutal, but I was surprised by the win. Um, I was I was sort of confused. But Apologize to Hagiwara, Jack. No, I'm this one I completely have to own up to. I, I apologize to Hagiwara. <laughs> um, you know, you're more than welcome to come back. Um, <laughs> I won't doubt you next time, even though your record gives me reasons to. Uh, but this was this was a, a great win for him, an explosive one over uh, Uchimura, who is quite the name. I mean, quite a quite. I, I you could call him a veteran of the sport, really. Oh, absolutely. Um, Hagiwara, part of the uh, Smokers Gym. I, I think. That's a gym I haven't heard much about, but someone pointed it out to me um, that they one of their fighters won on a Deep Jewels card recently too. So maybe they're a gym to keep an eye out for. Did you see him do the uh, the uh, uh, pantomime of the uh, marijuana smoking thing? Yes, we did. Oh boy. He was, he was acting like he was smoking a blunt. Why the fuck did you think he came out to... The next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. I hope yeah, we got we got to hear the first two seconds of the song before the broadcast pulled the plug on it. Here's the thing: I hope he does not get in trouble for that. I hope I hope that like I really hope that he does not get in trouble for that, given Japan's uh, views on uh, on Devil's Lettuce. Like I was I, when he did that, I was I was holding I was stretching my car, going like, oh god, uh oh, uh oh. He just hoped that he didn't have any in his locker room. Oh well, I hope he didn't have any lo- his locker room. But like the fact that like it, it, it was, like here's the thing. he this guy like he comes from a gym called Smoker Gym. He has tattoos. He's doing a, a, a he's he's pantomiming smoking a blunt. He's literally doing everything that is like I guess not culturally appropriate for Japan. And all, I mean I'm maybe, assuming... maybe it's just like the, the the smoke shop thing where it's like you have to have that disclaimer that you're talking about tobacco use only. Well, here's what I can tell you is that when we interviewed him, uh, he did, we, he de- it was definitely a clear uh, distinction that Smoker Jim is not necessarily tobacco. I'll say that. I'll, I'll, I'll put it that way. And also not to mention their, their logo is a marijuana leaf as well. So that does not, does not leave up too much up to the imagination, I'll say. By the way, I don't, I don't know if any of you caught this as well. Did you see Uchimura was still like on La La Land? Like he was still getting up trying to fight? Like after he got knocked knocked out, he got up and was still like. I I, I, I thought he was just. I, I don't. I didn't think he was fighting. I thought he just was trying to stand up but couldn't. Oh, I thought he was fighting. I thought he was. It was like he thought the fight was still going on. Yeah, I felt bad when I saw that because that looks like he took he took kind of a hard fall after. Oh yeah. Oh, and when a foot stomp to the face that also does not help, even if it's a little graze. Um. Yeah, what do you guys say about Hagiwara Jack? Like, what do you this? I think he's a future star in the making. I think this guy is a unique fighter and personality. I say bring him back. I say bring him back. Uh, 
him back. He's a featherweight. They need featherweights. He's a character. He's a fighter. And he won. Let's bring him back. Uh, yeah, both his rise and fights are finishes, both by knockout. Um, record notwithstanding. Um, uh, um, I'm sorry to burst your fucking bubbles, guys. As a matter of fact, and let me go ahead and check the full-blown results for more details. Bad news. It wasn't Hockey Bora that won the goddamn fight. It was, unfortunately, Uchi Bora. Wait, Christian, what are you talking about? I mean, I'm reading on Wikipedia. No, wait, actually, I was looking at the results on Wikipedia. Let me go ahead and try and see here. Do, 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 do. Oh, shit. <laughs> Stupid me. How do you want to beat Okimura by knockout? Yes. Yes, he did, Christian. Anyway, so what I was going to say is... um. I think it's four. I I'm a. I think it's four and three. Depends on who you're listening to. It, it yeah. This well, is. Yeah. Listen, you know, he, I know he told us that his record at the time was whatever it was. Um, and then Tapology has theirs, and so I don't know. It, it this is it's like it's like those those uh, old actresses who never really tell their birth dates. You know, they'd be born in like 1923 or 1924. Nobody really knows. So. I'll, I'll take his word for it. Listen, I, it's a small record, so I don't think it really matters too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jack, wh- who do you have an opponent in mind for Hagiwara? Mm, I don't. I, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't name one. Well, I know that we yeah, feed, him, feed him to Asakura. I was gonna say, you know, probably the featherweight rematch to title match won't happen. A, a, a fight between him and Asakura. Do you think? Hmm. Do you think that's almost? Do you have to kind of build up Hagiwara, or do you have to like? Is that a fight that like you make right away just because of their true dueling personalities? Well, I would make the fight because it probably would be a good fight. Um, but I think what we sh- what we've seen before is that Mikuru can just kind of be promoted on his own. Yeah. I don't know how much. Um, and this is no disrespect to Saito. You know, he's a great competitor. I don't know how much popularity he had coming into this fight and I don't think it was much um, because he was just a regional fighter except for his one rise and went before if I'm not mistaken and that's no that's no disrespect to him oh of course some not some people market themselves some people don't and it's whatever um, same as in February we saw Daniel Salas come into the promotion um, I don't think anybody um, was familiar with him you can market Mikuru just by himself with a fight oh exactly yeah no no you're not you're Nothing you have said is is absolute is is incorrect. Just especially you know when you compare it to Mikuru, Mikuru's popularity is light years. It's like comparing Connor to anybody else in UFC at this point. It's 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 it's, it's quite uh, amazing actually the brand he's developed on his own. This is no help from Ryzen whatsoever. He has went out and done his own thing, and it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um. What about in the case of Uchimura? Uh, about, about what, bringing him back? Yeah, would you bring him back? I mean, let's keep in mind of the fact that this was his rising debut after the last time he was supposed to fight, he got injured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 
I mean, I wouldn't be against bringing him back because he's an experienced guy and he has um, a, a good resume. Um, I don't. Sorry. Um, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I would be okay with bringing him back just because of that. I think he's a good gatekeeper. I think he's a guy who will win a few fights and then lose a few fights. Uh, just one of those guys. That, you know, M you know, just like wrestling, MMA needs gatekeepers. If everybody was a winner, nobody would be a winner. To kind of paraphrase the Incredibles, so I think he definitely, I think he serves a place where you know what, yeah, put him in, put him in a fight. Maybe he'll win it against a guy who's maybe. Well, I was about to say three and two, but that was kind of what uh, Hagiwara was. Um, I don't know, I don't know, three and uh, three, uh, two and zero oh and two. I don't know. Or something like that, but yeah, I think I think Uchimura has a can be a solid gatekeeper for Ryzen, especially if they want to build somebody up, or you know, if they need bodies, if they if they ever do a Grand Prix or something like that. Um, he does. He certainly does have a ceiling, though, in my personal opinion. Um, and um, as for who Agiwara fight next, listen, you know, I like the Mikuru. I really like that, and I I definitely feel like they would have two. Their personalities, I, I feel like, would create for some very interesting translations. Because, like I said, you know, I've read, uh, uh, when I, you know, when I read, uh, uh, you know, they both talk shit. They both talk shit in their own way. And it's so rare to get that from two Japanese fighters. I think it would make a very compelling uh, war of words between the two. Uh, Christian, thoughts on, on, on Hagiwara, Uchimura, any future fights in mind? Did you notice that as well? Yeah, that's the uh, the Floyd Mayweather thing. I I uh, I'm interested to see what happens there. Well, one thing is, there's one about rumor for that card, and that's Tension Nasukawa versus Shiro Matsumoto. I thought you were gonna say Mikuru versus Floyd. That's what I was hearing. Is that? I think I think maybe less of a possibility now. Uh, I don't actually know. I would say that they, probably what the I what the what the goal was. Mikuru was gonna win, and then maybe you know you know he goes into that uh, into that fight as a rising champion against Floyd Mayweather in a whatever type of fight. I think that's what that was. What was the trajectory? I think. I mean, but to be honest, now unfortunately. Floyd Mayweather has a better chance of facing off against that ass clown Logan Paul more than anything. Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, actually, since we are we we are talking about um, uh, the one forty five division, I'll briefly just bring it up. The grappling exhibition 
Um, it wasn't even an exhibition. What is? I don't even know what the heck I would even consider it. Demonstration? Whatever. Yeah, uh, you can say it was a demonstration because they had two little kids, Harry Sakamoto and Misaki Akito, what, 12 and 10 respectively? I think they, yeah, I think, was it 12 and 14? I don't even remember. I just was, I was just, yeah. I, I was funny, I just was laughing that they had, actually had graphics for their age and their height and what, their, their, their stats. I thought that was very funny. Like, it was, yeah, they, somebody uh, was paid to, to actually make those, those, those stats. Actually, Jack, let me ask you, were you, were you, uh, enjoy, did you enjoy the, the demonstration of jujitsu? Uh, I wasn't really paying attention at this point, because I, I just realized that it wasn't, um, anything, like, well, for one, I couldn't tell what they were, what was happening, because what was being explained, I couldn't understand, but, uh, it wasn't any actual competition, so I just sort of mentally tuned out, but I thought it was cool that they did, like, a, a fake robber thing, where someone did a run-in, and, uh, got thrown oh, yeah, around. Yeah, that was... That shit was the, the weirdest mugging I've ever seen, and I've seen better muggings in movies. Anyway, you know, the obviously the thing that the the most memorable thing from that thing uh, was a uh, clever Koik Erps basically asked. Uh, he, he basically asked Nakata, uh, uh, Nobuhiko Takada, who was on commentary, "Hey, give me, can I have a fight?" And Takada was like, "Yeah, homie, sure." Um, what a, would I you? I think that's actually an exact transcript you're reading. Absolutely, absolutely. Said, yeah, homie, sure. Um, now he fight. He was he fights at one fifty five or one forty five, uh, Christian or both. Around that range, he fought at one forty five in KSW, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so let's assume that he goes to one forty five because that seems to be the much more plentiful division. Um. Yeah, no, that's not happening. Jack, you got. Uh, what do you think about that saying? He wants a title fight immediately. That would be something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, well, I was about to say, Hagiwar versus Erps. Well, uh, I think, would you say that's a fight to make? Or do you do you risk possibly uh, derailing uh, Hagiwara's uh, momentum? Well, listen, the, has, technically the match against... At, and yes, of course, he fought at featherweight and KSW and lightweights, obviously, in the 1FC cage. But, but then again, fuck those people. But, but uh, I, I guess any fight with Hagiwara is technically a mismatch because, I mean, Uchimura, he had uh, million, uh, uh, 10 times as, much, as many fights as, uh, as a Hagiwara. Um... Yeah, Shira, the Shirakawa match, um, that's that wasn't as much of a mismatch, but still had he had much more pro experience. Um, I don't know. Do you think that's a mismatch, Jack? Which one? Uh, Erps versus uh, Hagiwara. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you do run the risk of like Hagiwara losing because he's still so early in his career. But I mean, 
I sort of have to stick to my guns because I was like, let's let's book Hagiwara versus Asakura. So like, look, I think that Earth also was, said he wanted to fight Asakura. I think he called out Asakura by name, right? Did he? I thought he did. Or did he say he wanted to face a champion? Or like like who would win? Yeah. Oh, okay, I interpreted that as him wanting to fight Azakura. I didn't... Oh, you just, you were just getting ahead of yourself. Okay. You just assumed that Azakura was going to win. Well, at the time, well, you know, at the time he was champion. You know what we're trying to tell you is don't assume shit you don't know nothing about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, you know, it'll be interesting to see who they book him in in his first fight in Ryzen. Yeah, it, so do, do you guys think this is official? Yes, absolutely. You don't beg for you don't beg for a fight on on on, on television uh, to the to the general manager if something is not uh, set in stone. I can't. Uh, it's a unique way to ask for a job. I you know. Yeah, no, I I didn't I didn't think it was genuine. I just thought maybe it was like banter. But oh, I thought it was serious. Clever is the former KSW featherweight champion. You don't really have to beg for anything. But he's not with KSW anymore. I think he said he's he's done with them. Or he wants to be done with them. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see. We'll probably you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we they have something by uh, New Year's Eve. Um with, uh, you know, they put uh, him and, and Souza, you know, on uh on in separate fights, you know. Just bringing in the whole bonsai uh, people in. Um, yeah, they, and I, they've, they've done that yeah. thing before. They've done that thing before where, like, before someone signs with Ryzen, they'll, like, have a talking segment like that where they basically ask for a contract, but it's, like, scripted or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, remember they did the same thing with Tension. When Tension, uh, remember he had the two fights during the Grand Prix. He, he uh, asked Akaki Bara, can I fight the next night, even though he was not technically booked? Remember that? 2006? Yeah. yeah. 2017. 17, yeah. So, but yeah. Fights in one weekend. Knocking out Nikita Saplum, defeating Dylan the Rooster Oligo via submission. Exactly. So, yeah, this is this is all this is all part of Ryzen's playbook. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about uh, when the underground idol Nanaka Kawamura uh, got a fight on New Year's Eve. Which we are gonna forget about. Um, there was like a, the only thing that forgettable was the entrance. Let's be real. Yeah, that, that it was a cool entrance. Um, but th- I think before that, at her last like Deep Jewels fight, there was like a talking segment where she basically asked to join to, to fight on Ryzen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that happens in Deep all the time. Anytime Sakaki Bar is there, they all it's always it's always they always give someone's them someone's getting the call up. Yeah, someone's getting a call. Someone's gonna get on the mic and be like, "Hey, can I fight?" That's always happens. Uh, anyway, Christian, let's move on to the next fight. Yeah, let's go ahead and get right back on track to talk about the other four fights that took place on the card. And again, Andrew, you interviewed Tatsuki Salmoto. I didn't. I was serving out my interview suspension, so fuck. I mean, I don't see why. I mean, I don't see why you didn't doubt this man, but hey, here we are, Tatsuki Salmoto.
limitations. When you interview him, and he exudes all that confidence coming into the interview, you think for a second in your mind that this fight would go to a decision? Uh, no. I really thought that Salamoto was going to dominate for three rounds, and quite honestly, the opposite happened. I thought that Kitakata outstruck and won on the feet by a large margin. It just so happened that Tatsuki Sawamoto was able to get the, the the fight to the ground, and I guess that's where they give more credence, points or whatever. And then that's how Sawamoto won. Uh, Jack, did you think that Kitakata was winning on the feet? Overall, a good performance from Salmoto. Mm-hmm. I, I, my memory on this one isn't the the greatest because I think at this point this was the part in the card where it we started to get these really long fights, and some of them, like the one we're about to see between uh, Sumer and Let's Go to, was a really slow one. Yes. We we hit that point in the card, um, and then we also had an intermission which slowed things down even more. But I, I remember this one being a pretty solid performance from Salmoto. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I absolutely agree with what you just said. I don't think that... I thought that... It, that it was clear that Kitty was brought in to lose. But he, the fact is that he did not lose and he did not get dominated in, in my eyes for all three rounds. I think that Kitty Kata looked great on the feet. He actually got some nice, some nice solid strikes into Salmoto. Um, but uh, Salmoto was just able to outgrapple him. And I, that's uh, how... I don't think he was being brought in to lose because I think they were marketing this as like a, a champion versus champion, uh, Pancrase versus ZST match. Mm. I, I, I kind of just figured that they want that they see more upside in Salmoto um, rather than having to deal with somebody you know with Pancrase just because they put on a lot more shows. You never know what's going to happen with those champions. I just figured that they were leaning more towards Salmoto, hoping that he would win. I would say with him, it's going to be interesting to see what happens now because... Well, for one, he's been on a long streak outside of Ryzen, but now this is two in a row for him and Ryzen. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, obviously, the, the fight that I said that, that has to be made is Salmoto versus Makoto Shinryu. That's the fight I want to see uh, in the flyweight division. This is Makoto Shinryu Takahashi, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, does that fight interest you at, at all, Jack? Yeah, I'd be down to see that. Uh, Christian, what do you think about this fight? I would definitely also say that Kitakata, I mean, here's the thing, they're going to bring Salamoto back, that's a given. Kitakata, I think, is definitely rising worthy. I definitely think that he should be back uh, uh, for a flyweight fight. I know he also fights at a strawweight, I believe, as well. I think that's also uh, his other division, but again, men's strawweight, I don't know, The it's not a, not a plentiful di- division, almost anywhere. Uh, so, I, I think, you know, for him to, to be, to continue rising, he has to stick at a flyweight. Uh, what do you say, Jack? Do you bring Kitty Kata back? Bring, uh, Kitty Kata back? Yeah. Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, this, this wasn't, like you said, this wasn't a, like, egregiously bad performance from anybody, you know? This, this was, they were both in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah they were both. Kitty Kata has the resume where, you know, he's worthy of bringing back. I think we're being quite generous with bringing people back, but it makes sense. 
Also, you know, I'm also giving con uh, you know the current time as well. You know, you yeah. kind of have to you dump the cards uh, that you have, especially now. Um, but yeah, I think I, I there's really not a lot much more to say about this fight. This fight, I think, you know, we, we Salmoto won. I, they're definitely gonna put Salmoto back on another card. I don't know about New Year's Eve, maybe. Uh, but I think the one fight you gotta make is him versus Makoto Shinryu, just because I think they're two of the the top five, top ten flyweights in all of Japan, and I think that's a very compelling fight to make uh, between the two. Um, Kitakata, I don't know who you who you could bring him up against, um, but I'm sure Ryzen could find somebody, you know, to put him up against and for him to beat. Um, especially with the way that he fought uh, in this fight, he can. He, there, I would definitely say Kitakata is definitely a top ten uh, flyweight. There, he just got a. Uh, this was not his night um, at all. Um, I don't know what to say about the next fight because I absolutely hate the next fight. So, Christian, I guess say what you want. Do, do your thing because I really don't have much more to say on the next fight at all. Well, all I got to say is Ryuichi Mo... Deep welterweight champion Ryuichi Mo Sumimura stopped former welterweight king Japan crazy champion Let's Gota Yamashita via split decision on two of the judges' three scorecards. I don't know how. And this was at welterweight, 77 kilos, 170 pounds. But I have to ask, Andrew, what was it you hated? This fight would just sucked. It, is, it, it was so boring. I, fell, I don't fall asleep during fights. I was falling asleep and literally, like, I would, I would doze off and then they would still be in their, I don't know, Whatever you want to call it, the uh, the generic uh, fighter pose that that's in a video game when you leave, when you don't move the controller and they're doing like the uh, the the automatic stance that the that they that the AI is doing, like in Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, they're still doing that. Oh, I don't have uh, much more to say. I was just saying that uh, this fight seemed to bore a lot of people, and that uh, I thought the referees were quick to break up clinches and stuff during this show um, compared to the usual. MMA refing. Did you feel that way? Um, who was the referee of this fight? Was it uh, Wada? Was it the I uh, was he the guy? Was it the goatee? Uh, I'm not sure. Cause he he breaks he will break up. He's the one who screams action. Action. He will always break up shit if there's like no activity, or if there's like very little activity. So if he was a referee, it doesn't surprise me that that, that they would break up clinches and all that, and, and for the and uh, ground uh, um, guards and all that stuff. If if, if nothing is going on, um, yeah, this fight sucked. It was boring. I thought both fighters looked like shit. I'm glad Sumimura broke his rising streak, losing streak, at the behest of a really terrible fight. And simply put, I don't think that either of them are rising worthy. I was not, I think they both looked horrible, honestly. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? I mean, if this fight would have been... Hey, guys, I lost you. I will try to join you. Andrew, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. I'm here. Right, right, right. But are you serious? These two probably look like diaper dandies, baby. If the fight would have gotten a little bit more intense. I, well, well, here's the thing. I, Here's a comparison I'll make. Ibata and Sano, even though they were tired as fuck, they were still at least attempting to fight. 
albeit in a very horrible, untechnical way, these two just not did not seem to engage for three rounds, or they did very little engagement. I said I said felt no sense of urgency. I felt no sense of 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 either of them looking for a finish. It felt like a it almost felt like a sparring match. It felt like a demonstration. It felt like an MMA exhibition. And I don't that's not what I want to see, especially from welterweight division, which Ryzen seems to be giving some fights uh some some seems to be building up a little bit. Any thoughts, Jack? Do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I don't really have much thoughts about this one. <laughs> um, I uh, how often do welterweight fights even happen in the promotion? Like, what are you gonna do? Not with this? that often. Not that often. I mean, I think ever since the first event on, where they had like, I don't know who it was Irish Brendan Ward or, I mean, it was Irish Brendan Ward versus somebody. I don't know, but. The point is, Ryzen has had very few welterweight fights in general. I mean, actually, but they seem to, they were putting out a lot more. They were put. They seem to be putting out a lot more recently. Like with the, uh, I, I guess it was technically Bellator Ryzen, but the uh, knock, right. uh, the uh, uh, Kitaro Larkin fight, the uh, Souza Falconetto fight. They seem to be putting in a lot more recently. I know, I and it's probably. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'm interested to see if uh, Kitaro is going to come back soon. I'm surprised that we haven't he seen him back. He probably will at the behest of his wife. I mean, here's the thing. If you put these two against uh, against Kitaro, I think Kitaro smoked both of them. I, I, did, I was, like I said, you know, I think these two, they did a real disservice uh, uh, in this fight and by by being, not engaging in, in, in an active and manner that seemed that they seemed where they seemed to want to finish or dominate. It felt like a, a, an exhibition, and yeah, um, yeah. I don't know where you, where you go with the welterweight division at this point. We got probably have to look for more for other fires in deep other uh, pancreas and other places. I don't know. Uh, Yuki uh, asked Yuki Kondo uh, to come to do a Ryzen show. He's still fighting. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I don't know if Manoa Man's still fighting, though, but I know that Yuki Kondo's still fighting, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, bring, bring Yuki Kondo. Uh, believe me, Manoa Man's probably still fighting, just as long as you give him a reason to break up the red trunks again, he'll definitely want to go. Uh, that being said, uh, Christian, let's move on to the co-main. Back performance from him. 
after that uh, loss before to Kyle Sakura. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with everything Jack just said. Yeah, it was basically, yeah. I, I, I will say this also, though. I don't think that uh, Takizawa looked bad as well. I think Takizawa, you know, I think he held his own to the best of his ability against Ogikubo. Uh, uh, you know, I, I know that Ogikubo's not really a finisher. I know he, t- he kind of grinds out decisions. I think that's part of his, uh, part of his game. But I think the fact is that he was still he was still fighting till the very end. Um, so I give uh, Takizawa uh, a lot of credit. Um, go uh, able to survive to the end. Well, I think in that last round he was just so consistent with pursuing takedowns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was what made it such a good performance was that he just never stopped attacking, attacking, attacking. What do you think? This, what do you think this puts uh, Ogikubo in the bantamweight? Um, uh, rankings or um, uh, whatever you want to call it, Jack. Do you uh, obviously? I don't think he should get the win. I, 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 do you think he should get the winner of a uh, Horiguchi Azakura at this point? It's tough because you know it, it. It's hard to in one in one like idea. I think it's hard to sort of justify throwing him right back into the title picture. But at the same time, I don't really know what else there is for him to do. Because, uh, yeah, the thing, the one, the word I have is, like, if you put him against some, well, here's the thing, he's already beat Matoya. If you put him against somebody like a uh, Nayoya Inoue, um, and he beats Inoue, you kind of have run out of, of contenders because he's beat them all. He's also beat Ishitari. Um, Tasaki, I think, uh, is still injured. Um, uh, Kintaro lost against Takizawa, and I don't think it would make sense for Ogikubo to face somebody who just lost to the guy he just beat. Um, it's a very, it's, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of stuck in, in, in a limbo right now. I think... Uh, I was thinking, like, maybe the one thing to do is that, um, that I, I think maybe you could give him the loser of the title fight. Interesting. So, well, I was just thinking of sort of like the only thing that makes sense to me at this point would be sort of the latter idea where it's, you know, whoever loses the title fight fights the person who would be next up for it. The only issue with that, though, is that he's fought both uh, at this point. Well, if let's say Kiroji loses, this will be the third time he's lost. Uh, he's, he's, fought, he's fought Horiguchi and. I think probably we can predict the outcome of that. I think Horiguchi beats Ogikubo 10 out of 10 times. Azakura wins. We just saw that fight happen. I, I don't know if I see that fight going any differently either. It's a, it's, that, that's the issue, yeah. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's a limbo right now. What about him going on the flyweight? Do you think that's at... Would you consider that at all as something as a viable option? Maybe to use him as the as the face of the flyweight division. I mean, if that's something he's comfortable with, right? Like, I I would never want to force anyone to, to cut to a division that they're not usually at because that can get dangerous. Oh no, he he he's fought in flyweight before. He uh, in fact uh, wasn't he uh, on the Ultimate Fighter uh one twenty five division, uh Christian? Yes, was. right. And he lost in the I guess finals of the show. 
that would have led to a contender for Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. And also, I think he was a, I think he is a former, uh, was it VTJ uh, flyweight champion? No, they didn't hold any belts in VTJ. I mean, VTJ, actually, is a product of Shuto. Shuto would be the title belts that he holds, so gotcha. he's a former you know, flyweight and bantamweight champion. Oh yes, and I remember he he right. vacated the flyweight championship when he fought when he went to Ryzen. I remember that uh, now. So I think I don't I, I I almost feel like that's the thing. I think he could dominate the flyweight division, but with the with the two with Azakura and Horiguchi in the bantamweight division, I feel like he's just gonna always be a bridesmaid, never a bride, as they say. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it's you, I know it's tough. Um, what about Takizawa, Jack? Bring him back for a future Ryzen show? Uh, I'm not fully against the idea. Uh, I think that you should probably maybe go get another win on the regional scene. I like the idea of these fighters who are very regional-focused. Because, I mean, there is some fighters who you see in Ryzen who have fought in Ryzen so often that they just don't really take that step back down. Yeah. You know, when you when it's your Ryzen debut and you lose, or, well, this was a second Ryzen fight, I think maybe why not just, like, take one regional fight and then come back. Oh, yeah, we've all, we've said that, that, that uh, Yachi should have done that, you know, when he went on his losing streak, that he should have gone back to deep or something, could have... Uh, get right, to- yeah, when was the last time he even did that? He's I swear he's fought in Ryzen for, like, basically... Two straight years now. He has, yeah. I think I think he's been rising longer, maybe, maybe even three, going on three. Um, and they also the other issue is with uh, bantamweight or Kubo. As soon as Japan opens up and you get get people like Victor Henry, Trent Gurdon back, um, other uh bantamweights that have been released by Bellator, or you know they start you know doing the exchange with Bellator or you know anybody's released from UFC. Then he, I think he's gonna get lost in the shuffle. I, 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 I really. He's not gonna get lost in the shuffle if he keeps winning, Andrew. Let's be real. But I think again, he'll. I think he'll win. Like I think he'll he'll beat everybody but Horiguchi and Azakura. That's the problem. Is that he just can't beat the two guys who will who will dominate the t- the division, uh, forever. You know. That's, uh, you know, it, like, I, you know, I wish Manel Cape had never left. I know why he left, but, you know, Ogikubo Manel Cape fight, I think, would have been very intriguing. Uh, and then you still, and, and you got more buys in there. There's more, you could do a lot more. But because, you know, given the current circumstances, uh, it's, I think that he's just, yeah, he's just always going to be, that, he's going to be the bronze medalist when it comes to uh, the, the bandweight division. If he were to, if he were to willingly, Go to flyweight. I think he can absolutely be the the face and king of that division, um, no matter with Japan's borders opened up or closed. I really do believe that. Um, with that being said, Christian, we have to talk about the main event. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack. Let's talk about the main event, the one with the result that we were not expecting, because we pretty much put the kibosh on any chance of this guy winning. <laughs> but still, it was an incredible result. It was the result we did not expect would happen, but hey, not that we know it happened, 
the dominoes have fallen, and well, this guy has officially got a nickname, and you, Andrew, interviewed him. So yeah, we have to get him back on the show. Mm-hmm. Yutaka Two Belts, Yutaka Saito, the current Shudo Bantamweight, no, the current Shudo Featherweight Champion, now the rising Featherweight Champion of the world, winning the first belt, defeating Mikuru Asakura via unanimous decision, shutting down any and all possibilities of him facing off against Floyd Mayweather, of him facing off against some of the best featherweights in the world, and of him possibly getting more YouTube subscribers than those moronic than those moronic Paul brothers could ever dream of getting. But still, enough about all that. Let's talk about the fight. What did you think was the main key to Saito getting the victory over Mika? Jack, after you. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, I, I think that. Well, for one, he had a lot of takedowns in the fight, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think that was that was a huge part for him, and that he he stood his own with uh, Mikuru throughout the fight. Well, throughout, I mean, there there was sort of a last minute push from Asakura, which land uh, landed him a takedown. But apart from that, I thought this was a pretty good fight on the feet. So I think uh, measuring those things that was what gave Saito the win. And well, first of all, I want to ask you guys. Um, th- there were some people that sort of disagreed with the, the ruling, and I even saw the you guys on the Twitter account ask people's opinions on the ruling of the decision. What did you guys think? I, I personally had no issue. Um, it's interesting. You know, I, I went back and forth with this, and I was trying to think. I was trying to see from whenever like there's a wonky decision or a decision where people say, "Oh no, I saw it this way." I try to think, okay, because wh- I didn't, I I did not rewatch the fight immediately. Um, but I was thinking, what could have, what was Mik- did Mikuru do to possibly get a, a decision win? And I was thinking, I think a lot of those people, I th- I'll say this. I think if it were maybe under unified rules, I think Azakura may have won. That was my interpretation, is that why some people thought that he won. Because they were maybe thinking, you know... You, when you watch so many fights with unified rules, you kind of almost are married to that, and you kind of think you forget that sometimes that that, that other that outside uh, United States and most in Europe, you know, Japan, they do the fight as a whole. Um, I also know that some people have problems with the takedowns. Um, that Saito did not seem to advance. He got the takedown, but then he would just hold Mikuru down. And if you remember, I remember the most prevalent one being the one in the last round where he held him up against the ropes. Um, and I think what, uh, I think Mikuru even tried to put his head under the ropes or something to prevent being taken down. If you remember that, I think it was, a, I think it was the third round. Um, I don't know. Did I know that, that Saito got some strikes in to Mikuru, but I don't know if I can confidently say that that he that he outstruck Mikuru especially in that third round if you want to go by damage Mikuru fucked up Saito pretty bad right now Saito has a broken nose and that's why he's not going to be having a main there's going to be no rematch in December because he's going to have surgery and as somebody who has a who had a broken nose just recently you don't recover within a month of a broken nose that takes three to four months so 
No, no rematch is happening at at all. So, kiss that goodbye, uh, Sakuragi Barasan. You know, I'm not opposed if somebody thought that Mikuru won. I think it should have been a split decision, though, not a unanimous, because unanimous says, "Oh no, we all agree that we all agree that you lost." Um, I st I think Mikuru did some stuff to say, you know what? Maybe he did. Uh, could have eked out a close decision win in the end. Um, but you know, hey, you know, I guess it's how it's how somebody how they judge a fight. Um, if you judge by takedowns alone, then you then Saito clearly won. But if you have to, if you believe that you have to do something after a takedown that you just can't lay there on the person, then yeah, Saito did not do that. Um. At all, Jack, as somebody who watches MMA at all, from from all over the world, UFC, Japan, I'm guessing Mexico as well, everywhere. Do you think that the judge's decision? You said you had no problem with the judge's decision, right? Mm -hmm. I, I I was interested by what you said. How you, you thought that uh, if it was for the if they used the unified rules for scoring, uh, that would have I Mikuru win. I, I sort of thought the opposite. I was thinking that the scoring that Ryzen does gave him the best chance to win because I thought, well, maybe that really strong closing that he had in the third round was enough to sway the judges because, you know, it, it's not like a 29-28 type thing. I thought that under the unified rules, Saito won the first two rounds, and then you could make a case that Mikuru won the third one. There would be a 29-28 for Saito. Um so I'm interested that you uh, that you thought the opposite. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I also know that Mikuru did in the third round. I think he knocked down Saito, or at least rocked him pretty bad. I I I put it down as a knockdown. Yeah, I put that down as a knockdown as well because he uh, when he got punched, he went he he took a knee, and when you take a knee, that's technically a knockdown. That is a knockdown in boxing. So I I interpret I interpret that as as a knockdown as well. Um. I, I, I did not see people saying robbery. I, I, did, I don't think this was like a big robbery. Also, well, here's the other thing as well, and um, our, our, our translator, LJ, mentioned this, um, that, the, that the groin kick at the very first round may have actually also done something with the judge's decision because I think he got warned. Oh, no, he got warned for also holding the ropes apparently as well. That's what she told me. That he got a verbal warning. Do you remember they stopped the fight and the judge, uh, not the judge, the referee had them go to the the neutral corners and then they made an announcement? Remember that, Jack? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, apparently that was a warn, a verbal warning that Mikuru was grabbing the ropes. I remember that being a horrifying moment because I thought, oh no, this, this the fight can't end this way. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, when, I, when that low blow happened the first round, I thought, oh shit, this is going to be a this is going to be like a Bellator main event, like Karatanov, Mitrione. I was like so horrified. They're like, oh God, this is, this can't end this way. Did you think the fight might have been ended by that little blow? Did that ever occur to you? That like, Saito just would not recover? I mean, yeah. I've, <laughs> from watching shows, like I've seen that happen like three times in the past few months. So I'm like, I, that possibility in my opinion is always there. Um, more than anything, like I, 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 I Realistically, I thought the fight was going to continue, but I was just sort of like, it was 5 a.m. I was like, no way, it's going to end like this. 
didn't. Oh yeah. Um. Well, so what? What do you think of, about a rematch? Do you, oh, actually, Christian, let me ask you: Did you think that little blow was gonna was gonna be the ending of the match when that happened? Jack, do you think a rematch... Jack, thoughts on that? There, a rematch has to happen, right? Yeah, I think it would be a great... It, it, there's more than enough reason to make a rematch between these two guys. I think you do run some risk of maybe diving right into this rematch twice in a row. That I think Ryzen are very aware that they have a star in Mikuru. Um, and I think that maybe they should want to be careful and not throw him into a match where he could potentially lose a second time. Um, so maybe they would want to give him another fight before then. Um, Hagiwara! Yeah, but again, Hagiwara beats people with, with 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 records that are much higher than his. I don't think that's an issue at all. I think, I mean, if you want, the, if there's any issue at all, is that you put two guys who you would be two virgin, who are, well, one's a star and one other one I think has the potential to be a star, and then you have them clash. You know, if Mikuru loses, you know, I mean, here's the thing as well: Mikuru has no incentive to fight at all. There's no, he can just quit. Tomorrow, if he wants, or today even, and just say I'm gonna do YouTube forever, and he can be, that could be his career. He has all the bargaining power. It, I think that Rise is more dependent on him than than the opposite. Um, and then you know if Hagiwara loses, you know then I don't know that 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 sets him back, you know another step uh, to uh, to being a uh, 145 uh, star uh, star fighter. Um, it's yeah, I, and yeah. Also, um, want to mention as well. Saito is getting nose surgery, so that's why he won't be able to fight. If he decided not to get surgery, he may actually potentially be able to fight because a, a nose does heal pretty quickly. But he is getting the full surgery to repair it because it is broken. And if you saw, if you saw it, it, it looks pretty fucked up. Not as bad as Mike Perry when he fought, uh, but uh, it looks pretty bad. Um, I, I it's. 
what do you, well, ideally, so, what would you do, Jack, um, uh, when would you potentially do a, uh, rematch? Would you just save it for New Year's Eve, maybe next year, have Saito, when he recovers, do some of the, um, non-title matches that they always do, and then save that for a New Year's Eve show? I feel like that's a big match. You gotta have it for, like, a Saitama show. Yeah, I think you could do that. Uh, I think that this most important thing is give Saito the time to heal up and don't throw Mikuru right back into it because uh, two losses in a row might not... Well, it's not ideal for someone who really has a lot of momentum, not necessarily in his fighting, but in his star power. You know, here's... I know when we did the preview show, I, I suggested that maybe, you know, Mikuru is, doesn't, you know... It's possible that he may come in this fight not caring because he just cares too much about his YouTube. But I didn't see anything that indicated that like he does not that he did not train for this fight. He seemed he seemed to still have he still still seemed to have to be the Miku that we just that we always know. But he just happened to to lose this night. He didn't seem to 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 like at all. He came in he came in shape. Uh, he came ready. I I didn't know any loss. Uh, any that he didn't lose any pep in his step. Anybody else agree with that? I, th I think that, I mean, a lot of his content revolves around him being in the gym and doing, like, fighting-related stuff. So, I mean, it's not like he was detached mm -hmm. from the sport altogether, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. With Saito, though, so when he recovers... You know, actually, I want to ask you this, Jack. What do you think about the non-title matches that Ryzen does? I, I don't like them. Good, I'm so glad. You're a champion. I, I agree. I, I'm so glad that we, uh, Christian and I have always been, like, first of all, you add miles to the fighters, you know, you risk them getting injured, as we saw of Horiguchi and Azakura, and then they're injured, they can't defend their title, they got vacated, you fucked up. You know, so, yeah, I never liked the whole, and then if, if let's just say, like, a lower tier fighter beats your, your champion, that makes your champion look like a dope. And then you got to potentially give them a title fight. So, yeah, I'm so glad that we're in agreement on the non-title matches. But probably that's what they're going to do. When when Saito heals, I think they're going to probably give him maybe one, maybe two non-title matches. And then they're going to do the Mikuru rematch. I think that's what they're going to do. I think that's, uh, that's my uh, my uh, guess. What do you think is the trajectory for Saito after he recovers, Jack? for another title fight, I think. Whatever it is, he, he has earned his right to stay in Ryzen. You know, he he has made his... Uh, what's that thing you guys call again when you bring people back? Ryzen-worthy? He, he is Ryzen-worthy. Absolutely. Um, did you think this fight was going to go all three rounds? Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I did. Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of Mikuru fights like that. Um, what was that? What was that? I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So, what about all, uh, uh, Saito also said that he's interested in, in fighting foreign fighters. As soon as the border opens up. In other words, both he and Asakura said that they were interested in fighting some Bellator guys. Yeah. Um, would, as soon as the borders open up in Japan, would you do something like they did with, uh, Horiguchi and Caldwell? Maybe bring over, uh, is it Patricio or Patricchi? I get those two confused all the time. That's a, that's a featherweight champion. Patricio. Okay, would you do something like that again for like a, uh, possibly for a big show? Maybe even New Year's? Uh, 
yeah, I, I think it would be definitely cool to do like a Bellator versus Rise and card again. I don't know about giving him a title fight. Um, but no, I actually didn't give him a title fight because Patricio is currently having to deal with fighting Drake Mitchell. If he beats Drake Mitchell, he'll go on to face the mercenary AJ McKee for that potential title opportunity. Only the loser of that potential fight for the Bellator featherweight title could go on to Japan to face Mika or Asaka, I mean, or Asahara. I don't think it would make sense for, no, wait, no, 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 actually, either Mikuru or Yutaka. Mm. I, I don't think it would make sense to pick the rising champion versus the Bellator champion because then, knowing how idiotic these smart marks are in MMA, you know, these Zupa zombies, they're going to say that rising is minor league because, oh, they use soccer kicks, they use five rules, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can't get enough. I mean, I can't get over that. What about a Grand Prix, uh, Jack? Do you think that Ryzen should maybe do a Grand Prix with a winner, or either the winner faces Utaka, or maybe do what Bellator does, where they actually just have the champion in the uh, Grand Prix as well? Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Uh, just to go back for a second, I yeah, think sorry. A Bellator versus Ryzen show would be great. Um, you know that the the. the card they put together last year was a really good card and it was one that i mean new year's eve was a stellar card but it was you know not too far off from the level of talent in my opinion mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um the other thing i guys also ask is 99 percent of people picked mikuru to win while one percent picked yutaka saito on tapology I, 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 can you recall a, any sort of, what, what, who, who uh, recently, like, I think it's fair to say that probably if there were betting odds, probably it would be a thousand to maybe 200, uh, Mikuru over, uh, Mikuru over Saito. Like Saito was really a, a huge you underdog. Know what, Andrew? Well, you know what, Andrew? Or that, that too as well. Do you, do you think that people just didn't... No, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It could have very well been Tyson versus Buster Douglas odds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know about that. Do you think that people just didn't uh, give any Saito any, um, a, a, any, any sort of uh, attention just because he's just a, he was a guy from Shuto that just came in? of him before and like you know people maybe just don't have time to watch regional shows um and to answer your question about you were sort of about to say has there been a big upset recently like that the one i can uh remember is in august shanna dodson defeating uh maria agapova on a ufc show she was a uh eight plus 800 under, underdog to a minus not, to mention, under, not to mention an under 500 fighter that's true too, yeah. So there, people were really counting her out. Um, so that was probably the biggest upset I can think of recently. But um, yeah, I think it was just people just picked uh, Mikuru because they they knew his name and stuff like that. Um, and on on websites like Tapology, you're not putting money on stuff, so people might just be making guesses for fun. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
Um, and, uh, how long do you think Mikuru will fight? Go on the fight for? I don't see him fighting for that much longer. I just he's made it, hasn't he? In the past, indicated that he only has a few more left. Yeah, he's indicated that. I and, you know, and listen, we, I don't know. Do you? I would rather be doing YouTube shtick than uh getting my head bashed in. It seems it, it making more money at it probably as well. Oh, I think you'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. No, listen, it, people, there are people that are interested in 12-year-old YouTube YouTubers, uh, Christian. So, uh, yeah, listen, you'd be... Or, or they're interested in any stupid-ass thing the Fall Brothers do. Mm -hmm. do, you, uh, do you think that uh, this Mikuru Floyd Mayweather thing is going to be in this Mega 21 show, Jack? Or do you think that was just people speculating? Uh, I don't know. I, I honestly hadn't heard about that until you guys brought up. Uh, all I know is that Mayweather is involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I am interested to see what happens though because Mega the the tagline Mega Twenty Twenty One makes it sound like they are a company separate from Ryzen. So I'm interested to see is Ryzen going to be involved with this? Are other organizations as well? Um, you know, I I remember them saying earlier in the year they wanted to make some sort of huge event that collaborated promotions. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. I, it sounds like a Powerball, like a Jack... It would be cool to see that happen, but the thing is, I only whittle down, you know, Mayweather's potential opponents for that card to Takashi Uchiyama, who's a former world champion in, I think, the lighter weight classes, but never fought outside Japan, or, God forbid, Logan Paul. I don't think you do that for Japan, though. Why would they... That, 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 that makes no sense to do that in Japan, I don't think. Yeah, Luke Paul, yeah, um... Especially to give it off the shit that he's done back in the past, going into that suicide. Not only, but it, it just... It just... It's like, that's... Listen, that's why I thought they were gonna... Mikuru would make more sense. He's like the YouTube equivalent... I don't want to say the YouTube equivalent of Logan Paul, but, I mean, like, in terms of... Like, if you want to do a YouTuber, he's the closest... I don't, like, I don't know any other Japanese YouTubers. Yeah, here's the thing, Andrew. Mikuru doesn't do anything stupid like those Paul brothers do. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Jack, what were you saying? Hold on, sorry, sorry, Christian, hold on. Jack, what were you saying? Uh, I was just saying that I think uh, Logan Paul would want to stay in the U.S. because then he can do shows that can sell tickets because, uh, love him or hate him, he is selling a lot of tickets. He... His last show had the Staples Center pack, um, despite having a much greater talent below him on the card like Devin Haney. Yeah, exactly. And Billy Joe's Oh, and he took a loss to a fellow YouTuber in KSI. Um, right. But, uh, so, I, 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 is there anything else that you want to say about this, about this main event, Jack, um, that you feel that you want to mention that we haven't talked about? No, not really. I think it's uh, it, it's cool to see. Uh, I mean, I was I thought that it would be cool for the promotion to have brothers as champions. It yeah. was, You know, aesthetic wise, be really cool. But at the same time, I think it's it's nice to see Saito get the win. You know, he was really emotional afterwards. Um, you you could tell this meant a lot to him, right? Um, that's always great to see. Uh, and it, it was a competitive fight, and you know, both these guys made a good effort in it so I I mean 
sure this wasn't the most explosive, flashy fight you've ever seen. It had a great finish. I would give it that. Um, but I think in the end, you know, it was it was a close fight, and that's all you can really ask for. Well, after the finish was, you know, listen. At any point, one of them, I think one of them could have been knocked out. And listen, even Mika, you know, I, I we don't, I know we mentioned the knockdown of uh of uh Saito, but also Saito had Mikuru uh stuck in the corner, or at least reeling back into the corner, uh, one of the corners. So th- yeah, it felt like one of those fights that you, like kind of like uh I'm trying to think of any fight recently that was like that, but just like yeah. Where it's coming down to the wire, and then someone could get knocked out. And it was just like, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Rock and Sock and Robots. And then... I sort of had a flashback to his fight against um, uh, Yachi at Ryzen uh, 17, where they were... Nobody necessarily got dropped, but they were both just, like, slugging in the, yeah. at the end of the third round, just trading punches. And uh, I think it was Mikuru that was just sort of egging him on, like, come on, throw more punches at me. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's a good, that's a great comparison. That is a great comparison. Um, with that being said, Jack, I wanted to get your thoughts. What was your fight of the night? And if you had two finishes of the night, um, that you want to give a shout out to. So we're going for like a UFC fight of the night performance and like bonuses. I'm yeah, basically, like yeah. Performance uh, bonuses. I'm giving one to uh, Kyohei Hagiwara. Um, explosive win. Uh, good performance from him. Uh, and I, I would give one also to um, Shohei Asahara. Kickboxer opened the card with a good win. Fight of the night. Uh, it's a tough one. Honestly, I would probably give it to the main event. Just because it was one of the more closer fights on the card. Christian? And oh, sorry, Jack. It, it was one where they were both... Uh, you know, it, it was hard to call near the end. I was, I was holding my breath when they were uh, calling that decision. Oh, yeah. Also, just want to say about the main event as well. It had a big... You know, this card did not have the most stacked in terms of, of matches that I guess people were clamoring for, but the main event felt really special. It had a, it had a nice atmosphere around it. I like that they kept on showing the belt. Um, I like the uh, little ceremony that they had with the uh, Sakaki Bar, uh, I don't know, anointing uh, the, the belt with the, uh, with the statements. Uh, and all that stuff. It had a nice. I love the atmosphere that Ryzen puts on when they do when they crown a champion, or even when they have title fights in general. I just love it because it it feels so important. It feels it it feels like it, it felt like this 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 car was building up to that one moment to that one fight. I really like that a lot. If the the belts seem are, are they feel so important on, on, on Ryzen shows. I love that. Um, also, again, uh, I love the design of the Ryzen belt. Um, I think I think the belts look fucking fantastic. What do you think about the belts, Jack? Did it, you like the uh, aesthetics of the belt? Was there something different about it this time? It looked bigger. This one looked looked bigger than the other one. I thought I, it like looked more round or something. I thought so too. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it was rounder and maybe bigger than the bantamweight belt. I I haven't seen the bantamweight belt in a while since uh, the Kai fight. I could be wrong. I think I think the bantamweight belt might have more stuff. Like, I guess, more plates or more designs on it. Um, but yeah, I definitely like how each belt ha- seems to have its own unique uh, look. Um, it's not just, you know, the same belt with a different weight uh, thing on it. I like that. Um, I'll always give uh, credit to the uh, 
the side games belt. If you remember that uh, from the Grand Prix, uh, that uh, yes, that's still one of my favorite. Might be my favorite belt in MMA of all time. I love that belt so much. Andrew, do you want to give your thoughts about who you thought was the big fights of the night? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, I gotta give, you know, Shohei Azahara and, uh, uh, Hagiwara, basically, yeah, that they, uh, they, they looked great in their fights, and listen, a 22-second knockout and a knockout in the very last second, I think, the, I, the, you know, both knockouts, it showed, like, I love, it's, it's, the, the thing with the, with the Shirakawa knockout is that I feel like that should have happened earlier. And I just, you know, that's why I don't, I can't give it to him because I felt, and he was getting outclassed by Boku. Uh, and I shouldn't even say outclassed. He was just, I don't know, he was just losing by proxy, barely. And so, that's why I can't really, I'm not really impressed with that knockout because it almost seemed like it didn't happen, it was unintentional. Uh, Shirakawa went in there, and also with Shirakawa's as well, the stomp. I'm giving a lot more because of the uh, added face stomp. Because I can't remember. I can't remember the last. I know we've had soccer kick finishes, but that I wonder if that was like the first stomp finish or finish that has stomp in it in Ryzen. I can't recall. Um, and yeah, the Shirika and the not Shirika, but the Asahara one. Because uh, yeah, again, he could have coasted. He knew he was winning, but you know what? He was like, "I'm still gonna try to fin- finish this motherfucker," and he did. Um, so good on Asahara. Friday night, there was really no, like, fight fight of the night that, like, I would maybe, like, go, like, yeah, that was, like, a fight of the year contender or something. But the closest I would have to say is Ibata versus Sano. Just kidding. Uh, Mikuru, Mikuru versus, uh, uh, Saito. Um, it, like I said, it's not, wasn't the, the, it's not a fight of the year, but it, it, the fight, the stakes felt so important, and I and the fighters were treating it as if it was important. And yeah, it it, it wasn't you know a ballroom brawl, it wasn't a a grappling submission fest, but it felt like an important fight that these two were in, and they both had game plans, and one one person's game plan works more successfully, and then the last finishing stretch, you know. That was that was absolutely exciting because it felt like somebody was gonna get knocked out and you didn't know who. And then, yeah, the the, the atmosphere of the fight, all the, and the crowd, I think I think that enhanced the the fight itself. You know, it's so funny because um, Jack, are you watching these New Japan shows right now with the clap crowds? No, I'm not. Um, they're terrible. No. It really sucks because they, they they can't cheer. They're like clapping like the wrestlers' names. And it's just not the same. Um, but like, you know, I feel like an audience's atmosphere, the atmosphere of an audience, a really hot audience can enhance a bad match, whether it be MMA or wrestling. And I'm not saying that this was a bad MMA match, but I think that the that the excitement of the audience cheering for Saito uh, and just, you know, going crazy near the end, I think that it helped enhance this fight more than it actually was as a as a great fight. If that makes any sense. Um, Christian? Well, for me, since y'all stole my picks, I'm going to basically say them anyways. 
tonight. Dark Rakuto Shirakawa knocking out Contessu No Face Boku. Ooh. Kyoto Eihagi War knocking out Yojiro Uchimura. And my final night, Iomaso Okikubo beating Kenta Takitawa because, of course, we're Americans, in case you didn't know, Jack. We love a good comeback story. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. I also want to say that Saito winning was kind of... Because I wanted Ogikubo to win the Kai ma match. And kind of Saito, it was almost kind of like... That was kind of like making up for Ogikubo not winning, in a way. And it, 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 just like someone who was, a, who was just a huge underdog. And so it kind of it kind of made me feel, okay, you know, if Ogikubo didn't win, at least Saito won. And it beat his brother, beat his brother as well, so... It was kind of like a, a little full circle thing in, in, a, in a, round, a little weird way. Um, I don't know. Were you were you cheering for Ogikubo or Azakura when that match happened, Jack? I, I honestly, I, I don't cheer for fighters too often. Uh, because I, you want to be non-biased. We get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have my thoughts about things, but at the end of the day, I'm, not, I'm never pulling for people. Uh, yeah. I love a good Cinderella story, even when I'm not supposed to. Like if not, I, not to not to kill the the vibe you were building up there. No, 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 not at all. No, no. Hey, listen, no, no. By all means, no, that's not a wrong answer. Not at all. Not at all. Um, with that being said, Jack, um, we don't have that much time left, but I want to give you an opportunity to plug all of your stuff. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. One more thing. Oh, sorry, Christian. One thing. One thing. There was also a new fight announcement and a new fighter announcement. That was basically put on this card, and that was the rising, the first rising appearance of former Japanese Olympic wrestler Shinobu Ota. And let me go ahead and give you the quick particulars on him. He's five foot five, one hundred forty three pounds, born December the twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. He is a Greco-Roman specialist wrestler who was the 2016 Rio Olympic Games silver medalist. He is rumored to be facing off against the human octopus, Ikideo Tokono, at the Ryzen 26 show on New Year's Eve, a little particular on Tokono, on Gifu, Japan. The little volcan, the human octopus, 30. 4-30-2 overall with 20 wins by way of submission. 5-7-134 pounds, 43 years old. Born on August the 19th, 1977. His rising record is 2-2, two two, but he'll be fighting for the first time in the rising ring. No way, actually. His rising record is 2-2-1 two, two and one if you count that grappling bout he had with Vondelay Silva. And he'll be fighting for the first time in the Rising Ring since getting knocked out by Kiyoshi Horiguchi back on July 30th, 2017. But I just got to ask this question real quick. Even though this fight got officially announced, I mean, the ink ain't dry on the paper. What are your thoughts about an Olympic-style wrestling facing off against a man who models more submission holds than we have ex-girlfriends combined? After you, Jack. What do I think about this fight? Yeah. Is, that, is that the question? Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. 
you know, like we've seen before, like we saw, I mean, really on this card, uh, debuts are weird and they can go horribly wrong or they could go great. So, I mean, um, what better to have on a New Year's Eve card than something like this, where it's like, could be bad, could be great, could be horrible. Um, and I think the joy in it is that we don't know. Hmm. And the one thing we know is that nothing's for sure. And that's the best part about it. But Andrew, you know what, actually, let me go ahead and say this. Jack, you want to go ahead and give your thoughts about, no, actually, what am I saying? Andrew, do you want to go ahead, close the show, give your closing comments, give your plugs, shamelessly pimp and all yourself? Sorry, was that to me or was that to Jack? Yeah, I'm saying this to Jack. Go oh, ahead it. and put yourself on. Oh, I thought you were saying that to Andrew. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I heard my name. I thought I heard my name, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it, it was great being on here. Um, if people listening want to follow my work, uh, I cover mixed martial arts um, events from all around the world um, all throughout the week at knockdownnews.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jack Wannan. That's J-A-C-K-W-A-N-N-A-N. I usually tweet my articles there, stuff like that. But that's the main website website I do stuff on. And, um, yeah, um, hopefully I'll be uh, doing some more cool stuff as the year winds down. Um, maybe some award-type things, as I think a lot of people will be doing. But still, it's, it's fun to do. Um, and, yeah, thanks again, guys, for bringing me on. You're welcome. Anytime, man. Andrew, do we have anything left in... I mean, do we have anything left in stock to put on our fans for 2020? Nope, I think uh, I think you can take it from here, Christian. Okay, okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another edition of the We Are Rising podcast. Again, we tend to talk about the Rise and Fight Federation Japanese Mixed Martial Arts, or we just tend to shoot shit. Again, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Matt Chris Gary. Well, no. I'm at Chris Gary 92 Let's be real. Don't get it twisted. Andrew is at Avenger1 on Twitter. The show handle is at We Are Rising Pod. W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N. B-O-D all in the word. You can check out the show anytime at your leisure on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast providers of choice. Or, you know, donate to my cash app because somebody needs me because I need some money. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But other than that, we thank y'all for joining us. We hope we'll be back with more interviews prior to Rising 26, which is on New Year's Eve 2020, Thursday, December 31st. And we hope to have more in store not just for the end of this year, but for the start of next year as well. Because let's face it, this year has been a fucking shit show. We're just trying to end it just like y'all trying to end it on a high note. Speaking of, I think it's about that time. So for everybody here, especially for all of y'all listening and all of y'all catching this podcast at whatever time y'all want to listen to it, we thank y'all for being with us and joining us on the We Are Provided 
podcast. And I think Lenny Hart has something she would like to say. And on that note, we out this mug. Talk to y'all next time. Peace out. Later.